Podcast Fresh on the last episode of Podcast Fresh. Nice, yeah. So now how many gameplay games do you have, by the way? I got at least between like the color and the Game Boy. I probably have around fifty. Oh, you murder me! So. I thought I was sexy with like my sixteen cartridges. <laughs> I was sexy. <laughs> that giggle that came out. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. That's your madness. Team cartridges. Team cartridges. Team cartridges. Uh, that was like one of those pop goes the weasel. <laughs> you know when you get tickled in the right spot? It happens go, at least once in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's going to be the fucking clip for next week. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, oh you literally shit. popped that time. I just imagine like if you're wearing a hat, it like fly in the air. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. This is a story all about how a cat and Chris just both sat down. So we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hello and welcome everybody to Podcast Fresh show number 31. The 31. My name is Chris Torres and as always I'm joined by Ryan Mello. Ryan, what's up my brother? It is I, Ryan Mello. It is him. It is him. Uh, we are back doing the Fresh Prince podcast. Um, our apologies for being gone last week. We had some technical issues on both of our parts. So we said, you know what? Let's uh, put the kiboshki on the old potski. And then uh, we came back here with a uh, little Trevor Dobsky playing in the background. <laughs> I'm done rhyming, by the way. I promise you I'm done rhyming. And, uh, but we're back here today redoing this episode because we, we already did do it once. But here we are to um, update you guys and give you guys a review on the next two episodes um let's get the plugs out of the way we can do a little catch-up ski you can follow us on instagram youtube and you and facebook excuse me at podcast fresh as well as on twitter at podcast fresh to um i was hot on the twitter this past weekend for uh rich swanski versus kenny omexki for the uh impact championship and the dynamite championship which we will uh get into um, later this week on the podcast Fresh Cafe, but I was on there. I was tweeting um, some nonsense during Saturday's uh, UFC card, which was my God, one of the most violent UFC cards. Um, Ryan, are you a UFC guy at all, or just very casual? Like, if there's a knockout, somebody might send you the video and you'll watch it, kind of thing. Yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I don't really keep up to to date with it, but right. like, I, I find myself watching like montages of like you know best best knockouts best moves whatever it is yeah so i'm familiar with it that way but i'm not really one to like actual to actually tune into an event however i did tune into mcgregor and khabib just because that there nice. was so much hype with that that i had to, yeah <laughs> had to you got lost in was. the hype wave you're yeah, like fuck man. it strap me in i'm in brother once that happens like all right let's go yeah man it was uh yeah all the connor fights are so memorable and they he's he's he really is the modern day pay-per-view king right um i remember when connor mcgregor fought um Floyd Mayweather in that boxing match, which was just like a freak event, like this exhibition that they had where Connor crossed over into the boxing ring. And I remember oh, yeah. that night I was at my local pub with a couple of buddies, um, including one of them, Victor, who's, you know, may, may or may not be listening to a show. Shout outs to Vic. But um, up, that night I got so hammered that um, I ended up leaving the bar, walking home, leaving my friends at the bar. 
and then just going to sleep. I never paid my bill, never did anything. I just left the bar, went home, crashed. During this time, my cell phone also died. So this whole time, like, Victor's trying to call me to see if I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, my other buddy, Tiago, came down from Brampton. That guy came down from Brampton to, to my area to watch this UFC thing. And it must have been so awkward for them because they don't really know each other from before. Oh, I just brought them in. So Victor and this guy, Tiago, and then they were <laughs> both trying to... Oh, man, I felt so bad about that. But, uh, yeah, that was one of those... It was not... Just strictly alcohol. I was like, I was oh, also on like the 420. You was tweaking. The, yeah, that the nature's nature's leaf. You know, I was nature's not, lettuce. Nothing crazy. I'm not a crazy partier, but I was definitely smoking the devil's lettuce that night. <laughs> and these motherfuckers were looking for me, and I felt bad. I felt really bad the next day to wake up to a, a dead cell phone, turning it on, and seeing all those mixed uh, calls. Victor would later say. Oh, I knew you were alive because I could see that we, they walked to my building and they could see through the through the upstairs window uh. that the lights were on. And probably my head was walking around or something, but uh, <laughs> they were able to. This guy's probably still alive and they went home. We have similar stories when it comes to that, that match, actually. I went to a buddy's house to watch that. Um, nice. In Brampton, actually, now that you mentioned Brampton. Um, right. Man, I went there with Tiff and he had... He had, like, a lot of his buddies over that I've seen before, but, like, not really. Uh, you know, we we really actually that night probably talked the most. We got to really know each other and stuff. But I got so out of my mind during that <laughs> night. And Tiff had to drive home. And I didn't remember waking up. Or, I, like, when I woke up, I didn't remember how I got home. So it was definitely one of those. I just blacked out drunk during, like, the car ride, I guess. She said I that... um your dad had to help me to the house and stuff. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That every, that was for the May, Mayweather McGregor match. Yeah, yeah. Damn, everybody got sassed. Yeah, man. But yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. What have you been doing this week, man? Anything exciting? Uh, well, I wrapped up Majora's Mask. I finally yes, got finally that out of my system. It. Nice. It took me about forty something hours. Um, wow. God. Dude, and I'll tell you, I'm mad that I waited this whole time to play that. That game is easily in like my top five to three Zelda games. Like it's wow, it was, that's big. It was great. It was really good, man. It really makes you think about this, you know, people because it's all about that game. I've realized it's all about side quests. It, who right. cares about the main story? Like, yeah, it's there and you have to do it, but the side quest is what made the game pop for me. Um, easily one of the most. Uh, I don't know, jarring, creepy, just moments is when you finally have everything you need to take on this fucking mask. And you, uh, the the whole plot of this is you got to awaken four giants that are going to hold the moon from crashing into this the town, right? Because that's the whole plot. Oh, this is the game where like the world's going to end? Yeah. So <laughs> right. once you get these giants there and they actually hold it, I've never seen past this part. So the mask ditches the host and says that i have no use for this puppet anymore so like the body that it had was just an innocent little creature that was being possessed by it and the mask is just like you want to play come come with me the mask goes into the moon like through the mouth because the moon has <laughs> a face dude right. i'm like all right i'm going into the fucking moon sweet what do you think the moon looks like chris what do you think what would you think the inside of that stupid ass moon looks like Party's really bright and everything's spongy, right? <laughs> You're expecting some dark ass shit. It's like, man, 
it was uh, an entire grassy field. It was beautiful with one lone tree. And it looked like wow. it went on forever. And I'm like, this is the moon? What in the hell? Like, I was creeped out. I go to the tree and there's these five kids with masks. And they're wearing the masks of the bosses that you beat. But mm. the kid wearing the Majora mask is like by himself sitting down crouched under the tree. And he's like, oh, do you want to play? Maybe you should play with the others or whatever. Mm. When you talk to one of the other kids, you got to do a mini dungeon. And you give masks to them, the ones that you've been collecting. Once you're done with all the kids, you talk to the, the kid wearing the Majora mask. And he's just like, you know what? Let's play a game. Let's play um, good guys versus bad guys. You're the bad guy. So usually you have to run. Dude, the meta of this is... Majora literally thinks like it's it's a kid and it thinks adults are bad guys. You get this mask at the end of the game that helps you deal with this fight. You are so the last fight of the game because I did everything because I got all the masks. The you last fight him. of the game, I fucking annihilated him. It was like <laughs> I probably fucking took two that. minutes to kill this dude. Jesus. Um, and I'm like, why was it so fucking easy? And people will deliberately like not use the mask that will make you OP just to make it challenging. But they will, sorry, but they will OP? What does that mean? Like overpowered. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Right, right. Uh, so I'm like, okay. So I, I played it again because it was that easy to, to access. <laughs> right. And I did it in like my young Link form. And it was definitely hard after that. But I look up all, you know, how I usually beat a game, I beat it. Then I go onto like Reddit and I like search up all the theories and stuff. The whole reason why it's so easy when you're an adult to kick his ass is literally because an adult can scold a child and, like, that's it. The child is forced to listen. And that's exactly what it was. You beat the shit out of him because the child had no choice but to obey the adult. Once you're a kid and you're dealing with a kid, it's fair game. That's why it was so damn hard for me to overcome. Dude, it was insane to me. I'm not, I'm not going to... I'll get more to it maybe in the cafe later, but yeah. holy shit, what a fucking game. So I had is that done. Is this the one that um, that angry video game nerd did an entire episode like, okay, I'm going to play one of the best Zeldas of all time. And he played it and he goes, he goes, uh, what did he say? He goes, this song is about the end of the world. And he goes, it's dark. He goes, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets really... Is, uh, this is the one where like the shitty like um, uh, bank system where you have to go in and like you have to deposit like oh, X amount man. of credits and... It's like a fucking math mini game almost, but it's really annoying. Is this the same game? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. The the, the bank system is like, you got to, let's just say you have like 80 rupees and you want to deposit it into the bank. It makes you go through so much dialogue to do the same thing. And then like, let's just say you, you wanted to deposit more. You got to go through the whole dialogue again just for him to be like, oh yeah, you're Link. Like, dude, I was just here. What do you mean I'm Link? Of course I'm Link. <laughs> I never left. I am you and you are me. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's okay. Angry Video Game Nerd at the end of it didn't really enjoy... He enjoyed aspects of it, and he loved, like, the the themes and stuff. But he says, as a game, it wasn't great. And I get it. I think if you just take the game of it, it, it can be really frustrating. Mm. But because of everything around it, that's what makes the game pretty much special, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I really connected with it. I loved it. And uh, that was a bucket list for me. I just never awesome. got around to play it. That's awesome. There you go. And you think you'll give us a little mini review on Thursday? Yeah, I might do a little mini review. Awesome. Check this out, dude. A breaking news, because that's what we do here at Podcast Fresh Fresh Prince Bel Air. We break news. Um, 
This is sent to me by my friend Victor. This is about an hour ago. Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul have agreed to a fight at the oh. Hard Rock Stadium oh on my. Sunday, June 6th, which is just over a month from now. They announced, Jesus. What um, I don't know anything else. I don't. Floyd Mayweather is legit uh, undefeated as a boxer, so I do not think that this will be a sanctioned fight. Uh, even just by size and weight, I don't think they could even get it at a catch weight. Well, it have to be at a catch weight, but I don't think they can get to the same weight. So um, we'll see. But there you go. Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and we'll have more details on that uh, as we go along. But that's that's interesting. There you go. It's probably it'll be some kind of like exhibition kind of match where even if Mayweather loses, uh, you know, it doesn't really count as an L for him. But this Logan Paul guy, he's for realsies. And uh, here he is again about to uh, draw some more pay-per-views with Floyd May- Mayweather. So that's pretty huge. This is pretty insane. Yeah. It's 2021, man. It's... It's 2021, you know what I mean? This is a crazy fucking time, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's nuts. But, uh, yeah, I've been uh, playing uh, Days Gone. I'm almost done. Uh, I think I'm pretty much done. I basically made it to a part where one of the camps that I'm uh, fighting for, I basically get to a point where I went to go do the next level, and it goes, um, are you ready to move on because you won't be coming back here for a little while? So I'm like, oh, oh no, not yet. So I mm-hmm. went backwards and I've just been cleaning up as much of the game, finishing the side stories and things like that. And speaking of OP, my players, have, my player has reached, uh, she's just unbelievable at this point. Like at this point, now, now it's just fun. Like my bike is super upgraded. I have like nitrous installed on the bike. I have the strongest kit so like I can make landings from high up and the bike will survive. It won't break. Um, my characters uh, almost all maxed out. I got the right weapons, but I'm a melee guy when it comes to zombies and stuff like that. So then my melee skills, I always bump them up because I love sneaking around. If I can sneak up on you with a stab to the neck as opposed to, you know, facing you mano a mano, I'll do it that way. Right. But sometimes I get bored. I'm like, fuck it. I'm here, bitches. <laughs> and then I'm just like me against 12 motherfuckers. You know what I mean? It just depends on mood I'm in. So just uh, playing that one, having fun. Uh, again, not sure what keeps me playing. It, it's not doing anything particularly well. But That's I think crazy. I'm beginning to narrow it down. The, uh, the story is interesting. The story is interesting. Okay. And it's a story about lost love. So uh, at the beginning, you are separated from your love. This is not a spoiler because it happens right at the very beginning, the first movie, basically. You are separated from your loved one. And... This is where the, where the name of the game happens. Days gone. So days go on from that point. Mm. And we're now just over two years after that point. And so you're playing the game pretty much like everybody you talk to is, is basically telling you that your sweetheart's gone. She's dead. She's not coming back. Um, but he's still holding out hope. And I don't know how it ends. So, um, But I'm getting more clues as to what might have happened and things like that. And the main character just kind of wants to put a rose on her tombstone, but he just wants to know what happened to her. You know, like, okay, she's not around, but where is she kind of thing, right? Mm. So very good. Very interesting. Wow. Very uh, very good game. I like it. I'm definitely – I would definitely sign up for a Days Gone 2. I would definitely sign that uh, that petition to have a sequel made. I think that would be great. They're using those resources to remake The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which will be fun, but – I just played that game like a few, but a few years back, I don't need to play it again. But it's we'll not see. Even, it's not even ten years old, Jesus. Right. 
All right. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Should we get into it? No, I just want to say at the end of this, I'm going to pick a game out of the raffle hat because uh, it's weird. I kind of relied on the stupid hat to play stuff. I, I like the fact that it's made me play games that I've always wanted to. That's right. And I feel this pressure to finish them, and I do. So I'll be going back in at the end of the episode. I can't wait till Thursday. I need something to play. So yeah. Shit. Shit. And the one that I drew out of the hat a few months ago, it was um, Zelda, right? Is it Link to the Past? No. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yeah, Breath of the Wild, which I drew and then you uh, gifted to me for my birthday last week, so thank yes. you. I will have to uh, get in on that one, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. I got to check the bucket, too. There's a few games in there that I've even beaten, like Control's in there, but I've, I've beaten it since, you know what I mean? Oh, shit, yeah. I've kind of just been going freestyle, so um, I drew Breath of the Wild, which I haven't played, but I will, and the other one that I drew was uh, Terminator, which is fucking hard. Oh, my God. You're not God. beating that one. <laughs> Jesus. I, I at least want to get to, like, the halfway mark and then maybe look up some cheat codes, but... Um, yeah. What always makes me feel better is when you look at reviews and then they're like, yeah, this game's fucking hard. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the consensus. You're not it's alone. It's the consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so definitely have. Hard. I have. Um, oh, man. I think the only old game I have left in that pile is Final Fantasy VI. Right. Uh, for Super Nintendo. I don't. Right. Um, I want to play something new. I've been playing a lot of old stuff. Like from Earthbound, Majora's Mask. Like, it's like those are very. Those are like 20 plus years. So I want to, um, hopefully I get one of the other games. I'm pretty sure there's like three PS4 games and a Switch game. So hopefully I get that. But if I get Dragon Quest, I'm screwed. But whatever it is, what it is. Yeah, you have Dragon Quest Eleven in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll... I heard you can get through it in like 35 hours. But that's still a, that's still a good sit down. I It's just I don't trust myself to do that. I, I, I'm no, I know I'm going to surpass that and then some. So yeah, we'll see. Cool. Yeah, we look forward to that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Guys, the first episode today takes place. Uh, actually, Ryan, why don't you shoot out our email? Guys, if you guys want to email <coughs> us, do, do us an email. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll start reading some of those sons of bitches here on the air um, next week. But uh, yeah, what's the email, Ryan? Give it out yes, to the peeps. Yes, yes, yes. Email us at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um <laughs> Yeah, so this week we're going back to season three, episode seven. This one's here comes the judge. We're gonna start off in the kitchen. Excuse me, that was not uh, on purpose or by design. There we go. Um, this one's called "Here Comes the Judge." Original air date October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. We start off in the kitchen. DJ Jazzy Jeff is back, and wow, what an episode this motherfucker chose to come back. Oh in. man. He's in there with Carlton and Will. They're looking at these different um, college brochures. They're getting all excited. Uh, Jazz returns Will's CD player, which is all broken. And uh, Jazz asks what Will would like him to do. And uh, he says, how about paying for it? And Jazz says, why would I pay for a broken CD player? (laughs) So that's kind of like your ha-ha, you know, uh, we're kind of back kind of thing. What did you think about this little scene, Ryan? Just like a little, little introduction, I guess, to get Jazz back in there. Yeah, it was nice in in uh, jazz fashion, jazz humor right here. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Based off this little scene, I, I like where they're going. Obviously, this is going to be a Will and Jazz episode, so I'm always down for that. Sure. Yeah. The entire family after the credits is getting ready to leave. Um, Will can't believe that the blazer that he let Jazz borrow is tiny now. Well, I would say to Will, you, what did you think was going to happen? You let somebody borrow your blazer? 
He washed it and even got the barbecue sauce off of it. And I think the joke here is you're not supposed to throw blazers in the washing machine (laughs) based on the way they're stitched together. It's a dry clean only. Um, But anyway, he says he's got the barbecue sauce off of it. Carlton comes in and he asks Will if he's been undressing his Teddy Ruxpin doll. So we're still on this little uh, suit jacket. (laughs) It's a pretty stupid little suit jacket. (laughs) Like It's so tiny. Um, And we'll go back to it again. But, uh, yeah, he makes a comment about Teddy Ruxpin. Ryan, are you familiar with Teddy Ruxpin? I realize it's a cartoon from before you were even fucking born, so I don't blame you if you don't. Uh, I had to look this up. I, I know what it is now. I don't remember it being al- around when I was young, though. So Right. I'm Teddy Ruxpin. That might not even be how his voice goes, but anyway. That is way uh, too deep for that bear. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Teddy Ruxpin. Phil lets Vivian know that she looks sexy. To please go change. She doesn't want to portray the right image. Viv says, What? She goes, I'm happy something fits over my belly. So at this point, we're beginning to see the little baby bump, um, which to me is always a sad reminder that this is uh, Janet Hubert's last season. And my God, Ryan, they've really kind of just put her in the back seat. Like they have lowered the volume on her character exponentially. Like speaking of a. Speaking of a timer, like that is exactly what that is. Like this pregnancy thing, it's literally right. like once she has his baby, she's gone. <laughs> it's like that's retarded. Right. Like that's sad, man. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm sure at this point there were all kinds of things going on backstage with the agents and stuff like that in terms of renegotiating contracts and things like that. So, uh, yeah, probably a very uh, interesting time backstage. But here we have Vivian. Evidently very, very much pregnant. I heavily encourage people, if you guys haven't seen um, the, uh, damn it, what is it? The Fresh Prince reunion, where uh, Will and and Janet finally have a conversation after all those years. She kind of tells Will what was going on. Um, I mean, they both kind of talk about it, but like I I think for the first time, the audience understands what was going on around this time. There was a lot more than met the eye, um, so it was nice. But uh, yeah, I recommend it. It was a good good little hour watch to see everybody just reunite and share one one nice moment together. That's awesome. I have not seen the reunion yet, and it's not because I have no interest in it or, you know, obviously I would have an interest in it. I just, it's just, um, I just have to be in the right mind frame. I, I realize it's a very emotional hour, right? Like, it, you know, they go through all the different memories and things like that. Or yeah. does it get pretty lighthearted toward the middle? Honestly, it's, pretty lighthearted throughout the whole way because everyone's like like even though they they miss each other and it's a bit sad it only it only really gets really sad once janet enters the picture but she's only in it for like that conversation that we see it's not like she's in it for the whole right um that is the one time that it's like oh my god this is hard but other than that but it's like happy sad they're just like going down memory lane that's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out at some point for sure. Yes. It's on my list. It's in my bin here. I have it. I'm looking at it right now, the file. I just haven't had a chance to uh, to watch it. But yeah, it should be a good one. Viv makes a comment that she's hungry. Ashley comes in complaining to Phil that it's not fair that 13-year-olds have to do what their parents say. Oh, Ashley is always complaining. First she wanted to be older. Now she's <laughs> older, but she realizes it doesn't matter, kid. You're still under the thumb of your parents. Phil says that sometimes he forgets why he wants to be a judge. But then he sees Jazz and it all comes flooding back. I thought, Jesus, that's kind of wow. mean. Jazz hands Carlton. Uh, Jazz sends. 
Ba 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 ba. Let's try that again. Jazz, Carlton, Phil and what? Viv and Will. Yeah. Jazz hands Carlton the shrunken blazer and tells him that, listen, here, you keep it. One day you'll grow into it. <laughs> That's the best part with that blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Teddy Ruxman looking motherfucker. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Jeffrey asks Phil how his day is going. And Phil says it's going well. And Jeffrey says, great. Then allow me to bring it to hell yeah. for you. <laughs> and he introduces the judge. Judge Robertson. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. But how's your day been going so far? Well, wonderful, Jeffrey. Thank you. Well, down the toilet it goes. <laughs> Judge Robertson, what are you doing here, sir? Philip, it's good to see you again, my boy. <laughs> How long has it been? 10, 15 years? Hmm? <laughs> we just had dinner a few weeks ago, sir. We did? Did I leave here with my pants on? Yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but that means you must throw a lousy party. <laughs> but enough about you, Philip. Look, Philip, you got to help me. You're the only one I can trust. I just heard that they found someone to run against me. <laughs> Judge, we discussed that over dinner. I'm running against you. What? How dare you? Get out of my house. Out! Lionel, show him the door. And then uh, the old man runs up the stairs and we end the scene... Ryan, at least we're being, uh, at least they're going with the fact that this guy is a little bit senile. You know what I mean? What did you think about the end, the re-entrance of one of your most hated characters, George Robertson? Yeah, it definitely causes you to just do this big ass sigh. But then, I do like immediately how they established that this guy doesn't. You know, he's not all there. I, I feel like maybe at the time. I don't know if there was backlash or whatever, but maybe people weren't a fan of that last episode he was in. So, like, it's like right away they had to declare that, like, something was up. And they did that here, which, okay, that makes me look at this a little better. Um, I would say, I, I would say knowing that, then the last episode would make sense. But no, this is just them that, you know, I think they just tried to cover their ass. Um, so I'm not going to give that last episode any sympathy. Sympathy. But, um, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. I don't like this character much, but in terms of like an opposition and a heel, I think he's great. So we'll see what happens. Right. We then go to the assembly hall where uh, Phil's getting ready to go up there and make a very important announcement. Will is uh, dressed nicely here in a nice blazer, but he's got these uh, 1980s headphones on. He's listening to the ball game and he just does a really good job of being an asshole here <laughs> while uh, Phil's up there to, to make this speech. Phil gets introduced. Phil introduces himself to the media and the press. He declares his candidacy for Supreme Judge. Will interrupts it with his game. So they, they do the, the gimmick where he's just saying like these ridiculous things, but really he's, he's, it's, going, it's about the game, but it sounds like it's about Phil. Mm -hmm. So we do that two or three times. Phil says he will focus on the issues, not personality. And this gets another, um, this gets another interruption from Will. Everybody's turning around like, who is this guy? Will's watching the game. I believe he's watching it on that TV gimmick that uh, him and Jeffrey share that's kept in the kitchen oh, drawer. Yeah. It's like this square gimmick with like a really large antenna. So he must be watching 
uh, the game somewhere. Man, so even in 1992, they were they were saucing it up with like the latest technology. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, Judge Robertson, uh, not getting the memo, interrupts this thing. He walks in. Uh, basically, the only thing that was missing here is fireworks. He walks in with an entire uh, uh, the news team. Um, all the cameras shift away from Phil. They're now on Judge Robertson. He walks in with his wife and kids. Phil leans over um, his wife and he goes, that's not even his family. Robertson goes up on the podium. He's got one of those shit-eating grins from ear to ear that you know is just like, okay, what are you selling here? You know what yeah. I mean? Like It's kind of like, hey, buddy, a little slap on the back, but you know, okay, what are you doing here <laughs> kind of thing? And um, we will uh, insert the clip. But it's basically um, after this is all over. So basically what happens is at the uh, at the stand there, Robertson puts over Phil. And Phil's kind of confused. Like, why is he putting me over? Well, it's because he's building you up to basically take, take you, you down. down. He's just lathering you in barbecue sauce. You don't even know it yet. The judge is ready to eat this guy whole. Judge Robertson, how does it feel to be running against your own student? Philip Banks is a gentleman. And one of the smartest students I ever had. A man would bring honor to the bench. Don't get me wrong, I want the job. <laughs> but I can't think of another person that I would mind losing to but this man here. I love you, my son. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Banks, what's your response? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Banks, we're looking for your nephew, uh, William Smith. Oh, my God. It's over! It's all over! <laughs> Are you Will Smith? Uh, no, Raheem Shabazz, Muslim activist. Salam alaikum. Will, what's wrong? You're under arrest, Shabazz. <laughs> So in the, in the commotion of Judge Robertson, Robertson kind of, uh, he's talking, but then he's interrupted by a police officer who comes over and uh, Will tries to use some fake name, <laughs> doesn't work, <laughs> and he ends up getting arrested. So Will's arrested. We cut to a shot of Will that goes to black and white, and it's basically kind of like... Uh, not even a mugshot, because it's not really a mugshot, but it's kind of like they were going for that kind of stylized picture. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, so he gets arrested, and he get, we go to the break. Then we then go to the police department after the break. Will tells the cop inside of the little interrogation room that things would be different if he wasn't wearing the uniform. The cop removes the hat and gets ready to throw some hands. Will puts the hat back on on his head. Phil arrives and he tells the cop that he wants to speak to his client alone. Will, uh, Will does the thing where he's kind of just behind Phil and he's kind of egging on the cop who had removed his, uh, his hat and uh, the cop ends up leaving. Phil's not impressed. He tells Will that he's amassed $2,000 in parking tickets when Phil told him to get rid of the car. Look at the tickets. Snuffy's Chicken Shack, Big Ben's Barbecue, Alice's All Nude Review. What do you call this? Will looks at him and goes, that's one hell of a Friday night. <laughs> um, Ryan, it's so funny. Um, it, we'd be remiss not to mention 
during the first time that we uh, uh, recorded this, we had different opinions on what was going on in that interrogation room. I said that I suspected that Will and the cop were about to throw hands, whereas you took it like there was some kind of like sexual thing going on between the cop that maybe he felt like Will was trying to proposition him sexually, not physically. So can you lean in on that a little bit? Yeah, no, there was just this one thing that he did where he he took off his hat like as they were talking and then he kind of puts his hands on his hips and kind of, and he kind of like stands like to me to me provocatively uh where it's like you know one hip is lower than the other and he's just kind of got his hands there <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah hey, exactly and it's like and then will kind of snubs him off in a way where it's like you know what never mind i'm not about that so like i don't know that's how i took it like that's where my brain went to i don't know because this show has played with that in the past where it's like turns out the guy was gay and at this time gay people were funny and la 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 and it was like not not like it is today um so i thought Mm. they were just doing more of that but then when i when we did the episode last time and we got to this part and you gave your opinion on what you thought this was i looked at it i was like yeah i guess i guess it could be taken like that and it's like really i don't know i don't know if there's a clear answer i really don't like i i i don't know Right. No, I. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I can't imagine that the police was being portrayed like that on purpose, but at the same time, um, at the same time, we've been to Jupiter before. I can see it. (laughs) I can see it. You know, looking at it again, I'm watching it right now. um, I can definitely see that. There's definitely something there. But whatever it is, it gets interrupted, and we kind of never go back there again. Probably for the best. (laughs) Let's just sure, (coughs) sure. Um, Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! Sorry, I was sipping juice. At this point, I will. At this point, Will looks at the tickets, and uh, these are all Jazz's hangouts. That's what he's able to piece Mm. together here. Uh, Will wants to kill him. How could he go to Alice's without him? So that's kind of the ha-ha. Judge Robertson enters. Uh, Will uh, gets asked to wait in the car. And don't touch the steering wheel, which I thought was a nice little touch there. Um, This was, if you thought Judge Robertson was being a tweener, no, no. This is, he's a fucking heel with the black hat. Turns out it was the judge that was behind us. He's the one that got Will arrested. He goes, "I, right, big boy, you're going to come fight me? So he was able to dig up all this information, and he found that Will had all these tickets outstanding, and he was basically had Will arrested so that it would look bad on Banks, um, uh, look bad on Banks, who's now in this position of everybody's watching his every move because he's, he's uh, declared for the candidacy of, of uh, judge. So... Kind of a sleaze ball here, and the one line that the judge Robertson says, "You're dead, me tiny." <laughs> that was kind of nice. What did you think of this prick? Just, uh, oh god, if this wasn't in a court, I think um, Phil might have made this guy disappear. Oh, man. Definitely. Uh, he, if he didn't prove he's a heel before, man, there you go. He, he, there's this moment. Right. Uh, he could be crazy and senile and whatever, but man. Does he know what he wants? Because he he intends to stay in that position. He's not going down. Right. 
It's ruthless. He's going to do whatever it takes to win, and he doesn't care yeah. if he has to break some hearts or bury you know, Phil's loved ones, no matter. Mm -hmm. He's going to uh, help destroy them. So we have our feud set up, Phil versus Judge Robertson. Back at the banks, Carlton's complaining that nobody listens to him. Everybody, Again, more complaints here about nobody listens to anybody. Hillary being Hillary, uh, Jeffrey says that he died if she'd made her own bed. So uh, Hillary was complaining about something, and Jeffrey was like, no, you, can't, you don't even make your own bed. What the fuck are you talking about? Will shows up to a happy Ashley, who uh, was happy to see him, and she says that Carlton said he'd probably be doing 5 to 10 by now. Uh, Carlton's little smile killed me. This was great. Will looks at Carlton like, the yeah. fuck, dude? And Carlton's got this face like, hey, you know, it's, you know, I thought you'd be doing five to ten by now. <laughs> Fucking oh, prick. bitch. Um, the media begins to surround the bank's mansion. And uh, Phil starts panicking. Oh, quickly, let me grab the cutest kid. And uh, this is a really nice touch where um, Carlton stands next to Will. And Phil kind of looks at both of them. He's like, Where where's Ashley? And he grabs <laughs> Ashley and he goes outside. So I thought that was funny. Um, what did you think about this little scene, this little <coughs> panic scene with the media and everybody at the front lawn? Kind of weird, eh? But I guess sign of the times if you're doing a uh, almost a vote for me uh, judge storyline. Yeah. I mean, I think I said it last time we attempted this episode. I, this is the point where it was like, for me, it's a little bit in Jupiter just because like, I, I get Phil is in the public eye right now because he's running for, you know, the, to be a judge. But at the same time, this wasn't a crazy thing. It's not like Will killed somebody. It's not like Will did a major crime and, and you know, he's facing jail time and he's the nephew of, of this new judge or, you know, a guy who's trying to be a judge. This was just a guy that didn't pay his parking tickets or whatever. And there's like this huge crowd outside the house as if this guy was guilty as shit about something, you know, that's way worse. I thought this was dumb as hell. This this one this one thing. I mean, there's a lot in this episode that I didn't like, but this specifically is the part where it was like the episode went from being enjoyable and okay to just kind of like, okay, now they're just stretching it. Like there's so much stretching. Like, the character of Robertson is so evil. This motherfucker is basically a supervillain at this point. Uh, and I'm not saying that that wouldn't be re realistic. It totally could happen. But it's, like, just on top of everything else. You know what I mean? Like, this wasn't needed. Um, and, you know, going through the episode again with you today, it's, I feel the same way. It's just, it really didn't, was, it didn't need to be this crazy. It didn't. And I, I'm pretty sure it was done more for comedic effect. But, again, if you're if you're going to take the... The serious issue of the episode, which is Will is facing, you know, a crime, then don't exaggerate it like this. Like, and I feel like that's what season three has been doing, just really exaggerating every kind of scenario. And for the most part, it just it doesn't pan out well and it actually turns into the worst. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought one of my biggest criticisms the first time we did this was that this was a very busy episode. And Pac, like, for me, and we're going to slow it down a little bit in your episode, but it's almost like they've started season three and they're like, how do we not recycle old tropes, but at the same time keep the storylines going in a way that the, the show is still engaging and the characters all feel authentic, right. where, where, where they haven't, quote unquote, jumped the shark where you don't have characters that are acting against how they would normally act, right? So to me, it's kind of like 
I get it. I get it. I empathize. I've never listen. I'll sit here and and, and yell at the writers and things like that. I've never written for oh, television. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. And I realize you work in a team, and a lot of the stuff that you write sometimes gets thrown out, and you're told to rewrite this or rewrite that or this. I I, I get all that. But it really feels like here in season three, um, I'm not sold on this season yet. And I realize we're only, you know, eight episodes in, but that's a third of the season. And you're right. It has been very dizzying, very polarizing episodes. It's not like there's been good episodes and a couple of okay ones. It's been like a few good episodes and some really stinkers. Um, And and some of this is just, you know, our, our displeasure over certain characters and things like that. But I like seeing jazz back here but not completely necessary you know what i mean uh you already have the judge here there's just so many personalities on one show um there's a plenty to explore but i'm not i'm not shitting on jazz i'm glad that he's in here but because he had to come back at some point um he just came at a really busy time what do you think about I mean, that, jazz just the thing with jazz to me like especially like this episode he comes off a little sleazy in my episode that i review after this like it's just it's like oh, yeah. not the same jazz that we last saw. That's the problem. He's a he yeah, is. like he's not the same character. He's like a dick now, like to a certain extent, obviously. Um, <laughs> I always thought of of jazz as the the kind hearted, you know, the guy that would help everybody, no matter you know if he's dumb or not. He just he had a good heart. Here it's like we've already seen him, you know, not let Will stay at his place because of some girls. We've seen him, uh, you know, in this episode just put will in a lot of trouble in my episode he literally tells hillary to put something nice on and put makeup on because she looks like shit what the <laughs> fuck am i like what the, who the fuck is this man it's bad so i don't know i'm not a fan of jazzy right now it's just, it sucks but i'm just not he's not he's not the guy i once knew you know <laughs> And listen listen we're not gaslighting we're not saying like a man should treat a woman no no no, no, no. we're we're talking about the in the context of right. the show it really is. It really does come across very rude, rude, the way he tells her. You know what? It'll make up when it hurts. Like, what Maybe the do fuck? your hair. You know, put on something nice. Jesus. Get out of those sweats. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny? Here's proof that uh, that 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 it's not because of changing of the times or 2021 eyes, as we like to say. Even the crowd was like, "Ooh, what?" Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Don't let this punk talk and to you like that. Not to know, mention, so. and we'll get to it, but <laughs> yeah. Hillary yeah, is on a date with her actual boyfriend who treats her like a queen. Yeah. Like that makes Jazz look even worse. One of the nicest one of the nicest new characters, yeah. you know. Trevor. That's why it's like, man, Jazz, you're really screwing the pooch over here. He's screwing, screwing the, pooch. the pooch. Yeah, no, I definitely He's screwing the pooch. No, I definitely agree with that. Um Yeah, yeah, they're fucking Jazz has been presented as a heel since like episode one, two. Remember when when Will? I think it's episode one even of of, of season three, when Will gets he comes back, but he's already clashing with uh, Phil, so Phil kicks him out, and then he yeah. goes to Jazz's apartment to try to stay there for the night. And I get it; he's got a he's got a couple he's got a guest over. I you know I've been on both sides of that, but you're not gonna let your man's in. Come on, dog. You know what I mean? Fuck off. He could have he could have said let your buddy he in. said something like, man, look. Like, stay in my car or come back in, like, an hour. You know what I mean? There were so many right. other ways to do that. Instead, it was like, no, nah, man, you got to leave. Like, there's, It's like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any t- Dude, the reason you help people out in your life is because you want to help them out. You don't want to see 
what happens to them if you don't. Yeah, you, know you don't want to be that guy. Like whether it's a favor or you need to borrow a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Um, I always think like, well, well, what's if I don't do this for you, what's going to happen? I, I always ask that, especially if it's like, you know, what is it? Well, this is going to happen. Oh, fuck that. We're not going to let that happen. So here you go. Or I'll do you the favor or I'll watch that for you. But uh, thought it was interesting. Here's another one, Ryan. And I didn't cover this the first time because it actually just hit me right now. Both times, both times in this season that Will Smith has had issues with the cops has been because of Jazzy Jeff. The first time he um, Will ends up homeless, he's looking for like, he's just like, he's found, makes friends with a dog or whatever. And then he goes next to that fucking, um, that, that car, that talking car that oh, says, geez. get away from the car. The alarm will activate in 10, 9, 8. And Will's doing like a dance for like every number. And then it gets to zero and it doesn't happen. He goes, see? And then he turns around and beep, 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 beep. It starts going off. And anyway, he gets brought in by the cops and then taken home. So he's not really arrested. I never said right. that. But that's an uncomfortable, oh, yeah. you know, position to be in. And I will put my 2021 eyes on it and be like, that's fucking <laughs> any interaction that we can prevent with the cops. You know what I'm saying? It is a good thing. But, um, yeah, so I thought that was weird. And then in this one here, uh, again, we're going to see uh, Will being arrested because of fucking parking tickets that this moron got while going to all these different chicken places. Um, and, uh, you know, all these different uh, locations, a good Saturday night, as Will calls it. But that's bullshit. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you let me borrow your car and I get a fucking ticket on it, I'm telling you. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm going to, yo, Ryan, my bad. I got, you know, it's it's me, but here, you know, I'll, I'll transfer you the money, whatever the fuck you want to do. But um, Jazzy Jeff doing the sneaky sneaky. And believe me, because I'm 38 and I've seen it. People do this to people in real life because I have seen I it. it. People don't give a I fuck. You know, people are assholes. So um, just make sure when you give somebody your car, when you let somebody borrow your shit, especially with your car, because you can get tickets and stuff like that and not even notice it until you go to get your sticker renewed or somebody pulls you over. Um, so just be very cognizant <laughs> when you get rid of your car. Um, I remember when I got rid of my car like three, four years ago, I got rid of it by paying somebody like a scrapper to come and scrap the car. Came here, put 300 bucks cash in my hand, put my car on the flatbed and took it away. And I was happy. Then come to find out that technically, probably nothing's going to happen and come back to burn me. But technically, the real way to do it is you want to make sure that you... Um, you get it all done in the eyes of like the ministry. Like oh. you have receipts, you have, you sign off the name to this other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if this guy doesn't do it, technically, the VIN, the VIN number on the car still belongs to me. So if anything were to happen, I'd be in a lot of trouble. So anyway, be careful with your car, folks. Is I guess what I'm trying You're to say. Fine. Yeah, it's been three, four years. You know, I, I haven't been. The cops haven't shown up at my door looking for the owner of the car that, you know, ran over a hornet's nest or something. <laughs> we, where, where were we here? So, yeah, so Phil grabs the cutest kid and off they go to the backyard to face the media. So he's doing the, uh, the PR stuff. We then get Will versus Jazzy Jeff one in the kitchen here. And uh, so this come to Jesus uh, is going to happen because obviously, um, you know, Will got arrested and Will has already had some pretty 
uncomfortable run-ins with the police. And it's pretty shitty that, you know, your friend knows this. And I'm not saying Jazz did any of this on purpose, but was giving him a little bit of shit here. I'm going to get your thoughts on this scene, Pac-Man. It's basically they're doing the whole thing where basically Jazz is just deflated. He can't believe like his friend's coming after him and he sits down. What's up, Will? Man, what's with all the reporters? I ain't seen no chalk outlines or nothing. That's because I didn't murder you yet. It's got your BVDs in a bunch. Well, for starters, you ruined the most important day in my uncle's life. Hagendaz opened in Bel Air? Jazz, I trusted you with my ride over the summer and you got $2,000 worth of parking tickets and you didn't even tell me. You're right. I should have told you. Well, I got $2,000 worth of parking tickets. <laughs> well, what are you planning to do about that, Jazz? I'll take care of it, man. I promise. Can I borrow $2,000? <laughs> this is not a joke, man. I trusted you, Jazz. I trusted you and you got me tossed into jail. Friends don't do that to each other, man. I mean, your friends are supposed to be there for each other. Friends aren't supposed to set you up to take a fall. And most importantly, friends are supposed to be honest with each other. And you obviously don't fit that mold. So from this point on, you can consider our friendship over. You're no longer welcome in this house, and I'd appreciate it if you just got the hell out of my crib. Ain't, ain't you gonna even bother to throw me out? <laughs> You're not worth it, man. The only part that I um, criticize, and I criticize it again here, is Will says, Oh, my, my, my uncle's most important day, and that's how you act. And it's like, motherfucker, you were watching the basketball game on a small TV, <laughs> uh, which would be the equivalent of, like, your dad's making a big speech, and you're on your cell phone, like, watching a game or something and just being a total dickhead. So aside from that, what did you think of uh, Will Smith just talking down on Jazz here, uh, putting him in his place a little bit because of, you know, him getting arrested? I kind of like it because Jazz... To me, Jazz has always represented the the more uh, you know the ghetto side of Will, so to speak. Will's past, <laughs> yeah. The West the Philly, West Philly days. days, which brings me back to your point about how both times Will got in trouble with cops was because of Jazz. Think about it. That's a little bit of a meta narrative right there that I like. Um, yeah. So it's almost like Will yelling at Jazz for this stuff is like Will kind of really choosing the Bel Air life versus the West Philly life, so to speak, um, which I like. Mm -hmm. You could draw a lot of, like, you know, parallels to this stuff. But I, Jazz has to hear it, man. Jazz is really irresponsible. Jazz is, like, the worst guy to trust in this show. He just can't do anything. You sure. know what I mean? So once your friend yeah. really screws you over like this, yeah, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear a lot of it. Um, I applaud it, but back to your point. It's not like Will was on his best behavior that day the fucking guy got arrested right in front of his <laughs> uncle there so it's uh, you, and, you really shouldn't be saying and he uses shit. a fake name yeah shabazz he tells the cop you're not supposed to lie yeah. to cops especially about your name and this guy uses like what's a fake your name? name uh shabazz i'm, I'm shabazz something <laughs> or other okay shabazz you're like what the rest? fuck wait a minute no like you made the, the not okay. only were you watching the game interrupting <laughs> the speech but you got arrested right. and you lied to the cops this was all in that presentation meanwhile you're giving shit to jazz that you got arrested because of of him which yeah you did but you're acting like 
just a joker the whole time anyway. So don't go out. Don't go Dang. at him with like, oh, you ruined my uncle's favorite or my uncle's most important day. No, motherfucker, you did. <laughs> you shouldn't have lent Jazz your car. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, right. Do you want to be my friend, bro? Yes or no? Yes or no? Are you I never up? liked you. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Jazz cuts a promo. I never liked you. Oh, you're He's got a fucking cousin. Taz hat on. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. He's wearing orange. <laughs> you wearing my colors. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, no. So that was the first Jazz Will um, one-on-one in this episode. And we will go back again. The main line being, um, uh, Ryan, that uh, Will says to him, you're not worth it, bitch. And I put bitch, yeah, but he didn't call bitch. him a bitch. But he goes, you're just not worth <laughs> it. And that, caught, that gets the crowd going, ah. Later on in the kitchen, Jeffrey's accountant calls. And Jeffrey picks up the phone. And for an accountant, it's, you know, very quiet. So what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Jeffrey is um, obviously not uh, there. Or sorry, excuse me. It is not the accountant, but uh, one of uh, one of Jeffrey's lady friends. So we go there in the kitchen. All the kids are slub- are snubbing Will's invites to hang out. You know what's funny is at the beginning, the first time I watched this, I I didn't understand why the kids were snubbing Will, but it's kind of like because they want him to go and hang out with with Jazz. With Jazz. That's kind of why they're yeah. doing this. And um, Will appears a little bit dejected. And then uh, Carlton's got this little smile on his face, and he grabs the phone, the landline, and he breaks into everybody loves somebody <laughs> sometime, and it just goes on and on, and we break into the uh, Frank Sinatra. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have anything to smoke, you might as well grab it, and this is the time where you light the torch, because we are flying off into space. It cuts into an entire montage of uh, the guys just uh, having fun. Um, and it ends with Will, Jazz, and uh, the two girls kind of like on a swing, just having fun. And then we do a dissolve. And then we make everybody disappear except for Will. He's now on the swing by himself. And that gets the crowd to go, ah, as well. What did you think of this insanity, Ryan? This little Frank Sinatchki uh, here? Yeah, well, here we go uh, fully into space. Whatever planet yes, we land on doesn't matter. Um, we're not on Earth. That is uh, sums right. us up really well. I liked it. Uh, it was funny, I guess. Uh, you know that they're not going to stay mad forever. So, you know, once Will has this realization that, you know, maybe I was too hard on him or whatever. Um, it's it's all a matter of, like, how do they go about that? And in this case, they showed this montage of Will and Jazz and, and Paris and stuff. So, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, you might as well go out with a bang. Uh, and that's what they did here. So I don't know. No complaints. It is what it is. Yeah, they're at the. Uh, they got the, uh, the the horrible blue screen there, green screen. <laughs> they're at the Eiffel Tower. They are uh, on a beach, complete with uh, palm trees, somewhere where I'd like to go soon. Yeah. Um, now they're in Egypt with like the pyramids in the background. They're on a seesaw. By the way, they're in complete like Egypt gear, yeah. like the the safari hat and like the khaki shirts with the pants. And then we cut away to the uh, little couch part there. So, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's part of the gimmick. It's part of the show. We, we are allowed to go into space. Um, so I thought it was fine. In the kitchen, Will sees Phil, who tells Will that it's okay. He's not mad anymore. So basically, Phil kind of bumps into Will. And um, I thought it was really nice of Phil to just lay his sword down. He goes, it's okay, Will. I'm not mad anymore. 
That's such... This is the Phil I like, not the heel that yes. we've gotten the last four or five episodes where he's just calling Carlton stupid already like three, four times this season. Um, but the one thing is, Phil is such a good actor that I'm pretty sure like he, he allows himself to get into that Uncle Phil, you know what I mean, uh, setting and state of mind. And a part of that is his character is under a lot of pressure here as he runs for um, for judge. So in terms of that, I get yeah. it. No, totally. I, I understand, too. This is also the Phil that I enjoy. When he approaches Will, it's all about the approach to me with Phil. If he approaches Will with like that hostility, it's like, I'm not going to like this Philip. But once he's like there and he's just like, look, I'm not mad. Uh, let's just talk. You know it's going to be a nice, humbling thing. He's trying to get on Will's level to understand exactly what's going on. And you know sure. that's the whole point of the show. It's just the growth. First sentence. Okay, Phil says, what a wonderful day one of his campaign. He gets his uh, first, his uh, nephew's arrested, and non-viv has made the front page of the paper, throwing a reporter in the swimming pool. Will comes in, and he goes, yeah, you have a really, he was really impressed by the look in her face there. Definitely something that Phil does not want to hear today. Jazzy Jeff comes in. He's got a bean pie, and he gives it to Phil. And I like this. He goes, it's my way of saying, you know. <laughs> and uh, Viv kind of rescues him. She goes, it's a very nice gesture. And she gets the pie. And uh, it looks like she was walking toward the kitchen. And Phil's like, what are you doing? Grab a fork. And then they both exit. And uh, Phil says, we'll, ge- we'll give you boys some alone time. Which gets a pop. Okay. Uh, you know. Not two this boys shit again. Alone time. Okay. Har, har, har. Um, so they grab a fork. They leave. They're enjoying their little bean pie. Jazzy Jeff versus Will Smith 2. We're back. This time it is the denouement, the resolution between Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith. You're not making any sense, Jazz. You used to think that was cute. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. You mean this whole thing is about me going off to college? Oh, comes the dawn. (laughs) My mother told me you was no good. I knew I should have listened to her. See, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. Look, come on, Jazz. Get your hands off of me. (laughs) I'm not a foster to be turned on and off at your whim. I have emotions. (laughs) Jazz, come on. Yes, it's true that I'm going off to college, man, but come on, you're like family to me. Jazz, just because somebody moves away from the family, that doesn't mean they break up. That just means that, you know, the family has to work harder to stay together. You understand what I'm saying? No. (laughs) At least you're talking to me. Come on, Jazz, you know you're always going to be my homie. (laughs) Why didn't you say that in the first place? I did say that. Why don't you clean out your ears? Now, I know you ain't talking about nobody's ears. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Let's jet down to the mall and pick up some chumpies. Well, could you do one thing for me? You know, just for old time's sake. <laughs> sure, no problem, man. The boys do some verbal sparring. Jazz is upset that next year Will's going to go off to college and he's going to leave Jazz here all by his lonesome. And uh, Jess says that he promised he wouldn't cry. So they're doing all the old relationship tropes here. Will says, listen, man, you're family. 
All right. It just means that family has to work together to stay together, which I like. I, I think that's a great mm-hmm. line. They make up and do their handshake. Jazzy asks, will you do something for me for old time's sake? And I thought they were going to do the handshake again or something like that. Uh, but then I should have seen it coming. Will throws Jazz out of the mansion. And uh, we go to the credits. Ryan, your thoughts on this final scene here with the boys? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm glad they made up. I mean, I think it was obvious that they were. This is a sitcom after all. Um, what I what I hate, and we talked about this last time. Man, I, I, the, the episode we recorded was so good, and I really hate that the technical issues happened. But um, mm, we, okay. uh, you know, we just went into like how the whole lovey dovey thing that they're boys, and like again with the whole gay. It's like a gay joke again. It's uh, it's so it does not hold up well. Um, and it's just it doesn't like I get it. The '90s was full of that in a lot of sitcoms and, and shows and even movies, and that's right. fine. Like, I get it was a sign of the times, but even here, like, Will and Jazz, they're, they're not the kind of characters that would get that anyway. Like, I don't think they should have done that here anyway. They're not, they don't fit that. I, I said this last <laughs> time, in Boy Meets World, there's a specific thing where, uh, you know, Corey gets married to Topanga, and Sean is acting like a mess with this wedding because he's, like, the best man. He's a mess. And he's like him and Corey keep fighting and like Corey doesn't get it. He thinks Sean's trying to sabotage the wedding. But when Corey's at the altar, Sean comes in and it basically comes out that, you know, he's scared that he's going to be left in the dust because his best friend is getting married now. And it's no longer Corey and Sean. It's Corey and Topanga. And all these feelings come out and they finally talk about it. Mm, interesting Uh, yeah the way they did it though was like this where they were talking like a couple it's like i have to talk about this you're gonna leave me with those characters it makes more sense because they're more goofy and they've been portrayed portrayed that way the entire show up to that point right Uh, so it made more sense i'm not a fan of this trope but it made more sense there i wasn't too upset here it's (laughs) like dude these guys are like you know they, they come from like broken families and hard times and poverty they they don't need this shit <laughs> you know this is the last yeah. thing they need to be yeah. portrayed with so it's like I, I don't know it doesn't do a good job in portrayal in general it just doesn't do it i think you can get, i think you can get away with like the relationship trope a few times um i personally don't like those scenes between jazz and will i think they're too yeah, just, stage mm-hmm. just too like we had this at the last season where um, I think Jazz makes a comment like, and you never take me out anymore. He says something along those lines I'm like, all right, come on. That's not, you know. Again, I, I'm just not a fan of that myself. Um, but uh, once in a while, it's okay. This last scene wasn't too, too bad. But, you know, I feel like the family's got bigger fish to fry than, you know, Will and, and, and Jazz's relationship. Because we do have this looming thing going on with Josh Robertson. And um, and Phil Banks, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. But anywho, let's get into the final thoughts here. The trivia facts, goofaroonies. The title "Here Comes the Judge" is a reference to a recurring sketch on Rowan and Martin's laughing in the previous episode. P.S. I love you. Jeffrey does a deadpan version of the theme from that sketch. Also, P.S. I Love You is a romantic comedy uh, coming out in the late... Uh, when did that movie come out? 2009, 10, something like that? I have no idea. P.S. I Love You? And uh, it's one of uh, Ryan's favorites. Sure. What? After I just said <laughs> I have no idea. 
<laughs> Judge Judge Robertson, played by uh, Sherman Helmsley, is uh, seemingly suffering from dementia. Orders Philip to leave the bank's home and yells, "Lionel, show him the door." This is a nod to Hemsley's most famous role in the Jeffersons, playing George Jefferson, who has a son named Lionel. I would have to imagine, Ryan, that this Hemsley's probably like the biggest actor that they've got on the show so far. I mean, this was, you know, George Jefferson of Jefferson fame here doing, uh, you know, a multiple episode story arc. So I do appreciate, you know, I understand the pedigree, understand the importance. When we come after the judge, it's mostly just as a character oh, yeah. who is just a completely different, more, much more different character than anything else that's been presented. This guy is a formidable foe, not just to um, his direct competitor, Phil Banks, but also to the entire Banks family and anybody that kind of walks uh, walks uh, in his path. And the fact that he's such a small-statured guy just makes him even more annoying, I find. But you like a good heel that's like a small guy that you know in a, in a regular fight he'd get murdered, but he's so powerful, almost like a mob boss that you know like you can't even get within 10 feet <laughs> Of this fucking giant. It's like, uh, I don't know how, how well you remember Dragon Ball Z, but it's like, uh, uh, what was his name? Shit. Bobbity. He was like that little small dude that like awakened Majin Buu. And like, you could tell that this guy was just an annoying little piece of shit, but Majin Buu was the one that had all the power, but he was controlling Buu. So really he had the power. It's like this. <laughs> it's like yeah. a little ass annoying yeah. motherfucker that I want to punch out, but I can't because he's just so damn powerful. You know who Bobbity reminds me of? And I'm not even sure if 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 it was done on purpose or not. But do you remember Krang? You would remember Ninja Krang Turtles. from the Ninja Turtles, the early yeah. 90s? Because Krang is just, he's a smart guy, but he's literally just like a fucking brain inside of like this yeah, big robotic yeah. body. Who you could just grab that fucking brain and crush it. And he he he, he goes uh, at odds with Shredder multiple times. Like him and Shredder do not see eye to eye 24-7. Which I've always liked that dynamic. And I've always been a Shredder guy. Um, Sean Avery. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just thought, you know, I just thought like he's just such a small dude. And you want to hate him, but he's just so powerful. Yeah, it's like you can't. A judge and everything else that you can't fuck with him. He's just too powerful. Yes, I thought that was interesting. Bobbity. Bobbity is an evil alien wizard and the son of Bibbity. Bibbity is the main antagonist of the Bobbity saga and the secondary antagonist of the Majin Buu saga. Wait, Bobbity is the, is, is, the, is the dad? That's okay, what it so Bibbity is the one I'm thinking about. My bad. No, Bibbity is the father. Bibbity, Bobbity. Oh, yeah, the yeah. son. Because Bibbity, Bobbity, Boo. That's the whole, you know. Yeah, baby, baby, boop. Yeah, and uh, he's seven hundred and ninety years old. He's young. Yeah, still. he's got a few years left in him. <laughs> <laughs> How old is King Kai? King Kai's got to oh, be King older, Kai's, right? All those motherfuckers have crazy out, like outlandish ages. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, King Kai is one of the uh, English-speaking actors that I actually enjoy because that's the voice that I would imagine for a yeah. King Kai. He's like, ah, he's so crazy. Let's check out King Kai. You want to talk about shows that don't hold up? If we were to review Dragon Ball, imagine all the Master Roshi perverted shit we'd have to talk about. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you bend over? Let me see oh, something. Um, King Kai is 767 years old. Nah, so there nice. you go. He's young. There you go. Oh, he's young. All these guys are young. 
Okay, let us go to the last point. During the press conference, uh, Philip makes a comment that Judge Robert's son looks 10 years younger. In the previous episode, P.S. I Love You, Hemsley's hair was quite gray. Then, in his first scene during this episode, his hair is slightly gray. Then, finally, in this scene, his hair is completely black, showing that Judge Robertson obviously dyed his hair in order to look younger to appear to more appeal to voters. Hmm. Uh, sure, I guess, you know. I mean, that seems like a bit of a stretch, but I'm willing to, you know, suspend my disbelief. I'll play ball. I'll believe I'll play that. Ball. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, George Jefferson, um, here played by Sherman Hemsley, uh, born February 1, 1938, uh, passing away July 24. Uh, 2012 at age 74. Um, not that old, actually. No. You know, 74, still a young guy, but uh, just incredible. He done so, so much and, you know, lent his name to so many um, interesting projects throughout the year um, from somebody that, uh, you know, didn't have the, the easiest upbringing, but it's very interesting. And on his Wikipedia, it does say, you know, he was an American actor and musician known for his roles as George Jefferson on the CBS TV series All in the Family and the Jeffersons, Deacon Ernest Fry on the NBC series Amen, and BP Richfield on the ABC series Dinosaurs. Dude, I did not know he was wow. in Dinosaurs. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, Dinosaurs is another one that Angry Video Game Nerd covered. He covered the last episode. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. It's dark, man. <laughs> it's basically like the asteroid is coming and we're all dead. Um, Helmsley, Helmsley excuse me, also played Judge Carl Robertson on the NBC series The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I do like that, that this, um, this story arc does make it into uh, Hemsley's uh, work and is featured as one of the, the main footnotes of his career. So I thought that was awesome. Mm -hmm. For this work on the Jeffersons, Hemsley was nominated for a Golden Globe Award and an Emmy Award. He has also won an NAACP Image Award. So there you go. Sherman Helmsley, uh, really, really good actor. And I guess it is a testament to how unlikable he is. That is a testament to how good of an actor he is. I always look oh, at yeah, it that definitely. way. Um, so there you go. Sherman Hemsley. The My favorite line of the show, it's basically that scene where um, Will kind of runs into Judge Robertson after he's been arrested, but before he goes and gets taken away to jail. And uh, Will kind of sees him outside, and we'll run the clip here. Hey, Judge, Judge, check it, Judge, check it out. Look, my um, brother ran into a little misfortune, right? I got like two grand worth of parking tickets. I was just wondering, I don't know, maybe you might be able to do a little bit. I, I thought he was selling condoms. And it's basically Will kind of like brushing his face, like cleaning his face up with money. He's like, oh, Judge, check it. You know, and he's trying to see if he can get up. And the most random part was Phil just looking at Will like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> is this my life? Am I an accessory to this? Am I Am I going to do five to ten? And uh, Will says, oh, I, uh, I thought he was selling condoms, which I thought was such yeah. a random line. Like, what? <laughs> but there you go. That's my final... Uh, that's my final, funny, funny little zinger of the show here. 
Ryan, uh, give us your score, man. Give us your final thoughts. Um, I'm not going to read out your previous score. I'll leave it to you if you <laughs> want to keep it the same or if you want to change it. Go right now. I'll stand by my uh, my six out of ten. I just thought the episode was okay. There was uh, there was entertainment to be had for sure, but I just think that you know, it doesn't. You just want. I think at this point in the series, or not the series, but the season, you just want something to to snap or to give you just want more a lot of these episodes are just you know six out of ten we gave a three once we gave a four once like it's just not looking good i, I can't remember the the last you know high score we gave it's just been a string of like mediocre to borderline bad episodes and it just sucks this one again it's like it's just okay it's probably one of the better ones uh, compared to the last few we've covered but again it's just there's just not much here for me uh i like the fact that they're doing a storyline where it's gonna be you know covered in multiple episodes with the whole, the whole uh, robertson and phil thing but in terms of like how they're handling will how they're handling jazz how they're handling like the relationships between everybody it's just not the greatest thing uh i don't want to hate jazz i really don't but it's like he's really extremely unlikable at this point um whenever he's on screen it's like i'm just i'm biting my nails i'm i'm waiting for him to deliver the goods and to make me you know you know i'm, I'm waiting for the baby face turn which i haven't had yet and we're not gonna get that next episode either but man it just uh, i don't know it just doesn't do much for me this whole thing of like antagonizing phil antagonizing will antagonizing jazz like why are you doing this to these characters it doesn't make any sense we have a huge antagonist we got fucking robertson here he's the worst heel of the series yeah. so far He's an ass. Why are we, yeah. you know, turning the good characters bad too? That makes no damn sense. Um, but it is what it is. In terms of like, was it funny? It was pretty funny, I guess. Had its had its moments. Uh, the other characters, you know, they, they kind of played a little part. But again, nothing too crazy. Vivian is just so in the background with the pregnancy thing that it's not even funny. Uh, don't expect much from her. You know, I think Ashley, Ashley had a couple lines. Uh, everyone else had a couple lines. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, plus the ending too didn't do much for me with the whole jazz and will. Like I hope they have their shit together now and we can just move on from this like you know lovey dovey stuff that they're doing. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't good. I'm surprised I'm giving it a six. It should be lower, but I'll give it a six. Yeah, I gave this episode a four out of ten last time, and I had some uh, uh, pretty undesirable things to say about it. I'm gonna just uh, upgrade it to a five. Okay. I'll give it. You know, I'll give it the college pass. Uh, I think college pass is 60. But anyway, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. For the same things that you said, I think the they're trying new things with the characters, but I don't think by making, you know, uh, Jazzy Jeff uh, a heelish, uh, it, it really helps uh, the dynamic there. Judge Robertson is really annoying, but he's doing his job. Uh, to me, I think my pushback to a character like Judge Robertson is we haven't really had anybody like this. That's just so unlikable yeah. that you want to strangle the guy. Um, and I think part of that two-pack is because we've come to really like and enjoy the characters within the Banks family. So to see all the characters have to pivot... 
um, left or right and or walk on eggshells for this guy um, is really kind of annoying. But uh, it's a testament to his uh, acting acumen. Having said that, I still think it's a very busy episode. It's too busy, in my opinion. You got the judge. You have the media. You have all this crazy stuff going on. You have Jazz in there with uh, some kind of relationship issue with Will that I thought we'd passed that already. Um, feels like the boys have clashed heads lately when in past episodes, past seasons, it's never really happened. So I, I you know, in, in that respect, they are trying new things and, and different angles with the characters. It is really sad to see Vivian just kind of take a back seat. She has, she wasn't really featured in this episode. She wasn't really featured in the next episode. Um, she really seems to be, uh, creative seems to be definitely be turning down the volume on her, um, in terms of funny gags, you know, the episode's funny enough. It's definitely not one of the funnier episodes. I mean, for Zingers, like, I really had to scrape to find one. And it's mostly Will's, the way he like he's rubbing the money on his face while speaking that makes it really, really funny. I didn't really enjoy any of the verbiage between Will and Jazzy Jeff because um, those are two characters I like. And everybody else was kind of muted. Jeffrey was kind of like a background character. Even Carlton was kind of like a background character. Ashley and Hillary collected paychecks, but that was kind of it. So um, so I would uh, definitely, uh, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. And uh, the reason I'm upgrading it from a 4 to a 5 is simply because um, I do appreciate that this is a story arc. So if we're building towards the next chapter in the story arc of uh, Judge Robertson versus uh, Phil Banks, then I'm good with that. So five, five out of ten. There you have it. Five out of ten. There you I go. We're going to get... Oh, sorry, Ryan, go no, ahead. I'm just, sorry. Uh, go ahead. I just hope the season turns around. I just got, you know, I don't know. They're just not... I wish I had more hope. It's just season three. We're almost ten episodes in. It's like, what the hell? Where's the good stuff? Yeah, we're getting into, you know, yeah, we're getting into the tick of it now. So, um, yeah, hopefully it'll definitely pick up. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We're gonna get into some Frank Sinatra, and when we come back, we're gonna go into the little boys in the woods. Uh, Pac-Man's gonna lead that one on. Yes. Everybody loves somebody sometime Everybody falls in love somehow Something in your kiss just told me My sometime is now Everybody finds somebody someplace There's no telling where love may appear Something in my heart keeps saying My someplace is here If I had it in my power I'd arrange for every girl to have your charms Then 
every hour Every boy would find what I found in your arms Everybody loves somebody sometime And although my dream was overdue Your love made it well worth waiting Everybody loves somebody sometime And although my dream was overdue Your love made it well worth waiting For someone like you All right, everybody. I hope everybody loves somebody because that was the song we just played. There you go. Segway. Let's get into episode eight, Boys in the Woods. Damn. Original air date, November 5th, <laughs> 1992. Almost Christmas time. That's right. Get my present. <laughs> I'll take gift cards. Uh, due, to, due to the pandemic, that's all we can really get each other these days. Yeah. Which is all right. It's uh, nice to... Uh, it's nice to open your email and see that uh, one of your best friends has just gifted you uh, a fucking video game. Cause it's like, oh man, you bastard! And no crying. I don't know if you're like me. I don't know if you're like me, but um, if somebody gives me a game, I always associate that game with that person. Like I'm oh, always yeah. like, oh, you know, like you know, kind of like you remember a recommendation. Like not that you had to go on a limb to recommend Spider Man, but you literally had to recommend it to me like what like fifteen, twenty times. You kept saying that like, shit. Dude, you will yeah. like Spider Man. <laughs> you will like Spider Man. Just oh, you it up, bro. God damn it. <laughs> so I've no doubt that I'll enjoy I mean, uh, uh I'll be Zelda. honest. And it's great because I'm not as yeah. sure if you'll I feel I think you'll enjoy it. I, everyone else seems to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I just know that you're yeah. not like a Zelda guy. But then again, this isn't a traditional Zelda game. So I feel like that's why. Right. Also, never played a Zelda. And it, I don't want to say Skyrim because it pisses people off. But to <laughs> me, it, it reminds me a little bit of Skyrim, just looking at the footage and everything else. So, And that's a good thing. I'm right. not saying that's a bad thing um, when I see stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that might be my next AAA. As soon as I'm done yeah, days gone, I will have it on the Switch Rooney. Uh, How much time should I carve out? Like 40 hours for this motherfucker? <laughs> for what? Days gone? No, 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 for, for the Zelda game. How much time do you need to? 40 hours? Uh, yeah. I I put in... Now, I'm a, I'm insane. You don't have to do this. I put in about 150 Jesus. hours. Dang. But that's because I really wanted to do everything. Um, yeah. And at the, at the time, this... it was like my only Switch game, I think. So I just I had that to play for a wow. while. Um, yeah, no, but it was great. But you could realistically get... Here's the thing. You can technically... Go straight to the end, boss. As soon as you start the game, that was why I almost interrupted okay. you. I wanted to double check that. Yeah, 
Is this is? Can you literally go to the bus? I mean, you get your ass kicked, but you can actually go to the bus. I I don't even want to think of that. That is fucked. The minute you start approaching that castle, you're gonna witness things you shouldn't witness yet, and they're gonna just make you a little <laughs> bitch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I really recommend like going out of your way and go to the four the four big like I guess the temples of the game. Those are like the four. Uh, you know, just explore. That game to me is the journey. You got to explore. Go to the different villages. Come across the different, you know, the shrines and stuff are fun yeah. to do. Like, all that stuff is just awesome. And eventually, that game, like, if you like to play with physics and shit, you could discover all kinds of crap. Beautiful. In uh, in Skyrim, like I said, man, um, there's been times where I pl- I, I'm playing, I've played the game. I, I've got back into it. Put in, like, four, five, six hours. Right. And probably not even advance the story 1% because I'm just, I get lost in, I go to this village for something, but I get put on a side quest and I'm going to the other side yeah. of the world. And before I know it, I'm in a completely different, you know what I'm saying? So um, the sense of adventure is, uh, is strong with Skyrim. And so to me, that's why it lends itself perfectly to try a game like the witcher 3 which i haven't played yet but it's it's on the lista or um you know a game like zelda so that uh very interesting i'll definitely be uh be giving that one a shot i once spent like five hours trying to fucking find a horse like because there's like wild horses in the game that you can tame and make your own you you take them to a stable and like you register them so then they're your they're your horse but there are two specific horses that are special, and I think it's a side. I think they're both side quests. But there's this one horse who's technically like Ganon. Like Ganondorf is like you, the usual antagonist of the series, but he's not in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But his horse is, and you know, people start saying, "Well, I saw this weird-looking horse at this time around this point or whatever," and it's like, "Okay, I went out of my way to find it." Yeah, big black horse with orange hair. I was like, "Oh shit." And he's huge, like he's ginormous. And I had to tame this motherfucker. It took me forever. But once I did it, I was so happy. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, awesome. Man. It's that's like awesome. Breath I like of that. the Wild to me is like a bit of Red Dead and a bit of Skyrim. That's probably the perfect mix sure. of, of what that is. Um, you were giving me Red Dead vibes with, with the, the uh, taming yeah. of the horse. you get into like yeah. that stuff, it's like really, uh, really Red Dead-ish. But yeah, man, you'll enjoy it. Just uh, I will be checking in. Whenever you start that, I want to I hear the impression. Yeah. All right, man. Definitely. I will have a little mini review ski ready See. for you. Okay. Back to the Fresh Prince. We start off at the Banks house where Will and Jeffrey are getting ready for a camping trip. So it seems Jeffrey doesn't actually end up going. Jeffrey asks Will if he's ready for the big camping expedition. Will says, please. I'm from Philly. To me, a wilderness experience is dating a woman who doesn't shave her legs. So he, needless <laughs> to say, he's never gone camping. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a big you, you went camping when you were never. a kid, eh? Or you've never been camping? Never. Uh Tiffany has talked about about it so much. And we've come close, like, you know, with your family, like to plan it to, to go. And that would have been my first time, like every time we almost went, but we still haven't gone. So yeah, I just never uh-huh. never been able to. We have fun, man. Well, I'd, I'd imagine. We have fun. First of all, the food is top notch. Oh, you know what I mean? Like we always make asado, which is Argentinian barbecue for those listening. Or uh, you know, we'll do chickens, or we'll do corn in the cob. There's, we're always eating. That's all. That's what you do when you go camping. You just eat, and you spend time at the beach. And uh, I like sleeping in a tent, man. Like you know, I, I feel like close to nature. You right. know what I'm saying? So, cannot wait to go back camping. It's been years, but um, 
man, once things get better, if and when, you know, Lord willing, um, we'll definitely like to get back out there going camping again. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun. I love it. We'll I love it. Do that. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Jeffrey then explains that his uncle Reggie always insisted that the woods were safer than the city until the day he died. And then uh, Will's just like, well, how'd he die, Jeffrey? And he's like, well, he was eaten by wolves. <laughs> so it's ironic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a horrible Jesus. way to go. In comes a dorky-ass Carlton. He's documenting his trip on this tape recorder. Uh, he's got, like, this whole safari get up. He's got the hat, the shorts. And then uh, Will says he looks like Webster on a safari, which, yes, yes, he does. <laughs> Hillary walks in saying, I'm doing the weather today. But she will not be joining Ashley Viv- and Vivian at the spa later. I love this because Hillary walks in and says that, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, did anybody watch the news? And people are like, "No." I no mean, one yeah. gives a shit. But you know, as long as she has his job, it's cool. Which I like that she still has his job, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So yeah, and right away we're gonna make it known that Ashley and Vivian will not be appearing in this episode because they're gonna be at the spa. Phil walks in super excited. He lets the boys know that he can't wait for this trip. Hillary says, I hope you're ready for rain because I predict 90% chance of precipitation. And you know how often I'm right. And she walks away. Carlton, Will, and Phil look at each other. And then Will says, well, let's unpack the rain gear. So they take out the rain gear just because they think, you know, Hillary. What does Hillary know? She's an airhead. But then we go immediately into a Mm. scene where they're all in the car. And they're going through the most vicious thunderstorm I've ever seen on TV. It's ridiculous. Brutal. And, uh, you know, obviously there's no rain equipment, so they're kind of screwed. But all of that in the opening intro. Chris, what do you think of this opening intro? I like the sudden switch to they're in the Mercedes and it's fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> it's just extreme. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great scene and I actually just noticed it right now. Um, it's really nice. So it's shot through Phil's the driver's side window. So you see Phil there. He's got both his hands on the steering right. wheel. But they've positioned the actors in a way that you see Phil staring forward, white-knuckled, driving through the storm. And then framed right next to him is uh, Will, just like in the middle. He's sitting in the back, but he's kind of got his head forward. So he's framed perfectly. And just ahead of him is Carlton, who's riding a shotgun next to Phil. It's just really nice the way it's framed. And I just noticed that yeah. right now. Um, so I thought that was a really nice a touch. Cool I like the scene. Um, <laughs> you never, never unpack the rain gear, you dummy. You always bring rain stuff. It doesn't matter if you go camping and it says that it's going to be sunny three days. You always pack extra tarps, sleeping bags, dry stuff that's going to stay in your vehicle in case of shit like this. So um, I've gone camping and thankfully, usually the camping gods, I would say, <laughs> 90% of the time, we've never really been pissed on, but there is that 10% where it kind of has sucked. But um, usually it's okay. You just go in your tent and, you know, you go on your phone or whatever. You do something for a little bit. Um, but if you're like me, just put up a tarp, light a fire, and you just stay there, and uh, it's all good in the hood. Mm-hmm. Wise words from a camping veteran. Yes, Jeez. sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> all right. So after the intro credits, uh, we're back in the car. Will saying he's got a bad feeling about this and that they should just turn back. Phil says, you know what, you've been saying this this whole time at every pit stop and, uh, you know, just shut up. But then Will's just like, well, then do mm. it. Like, listen to me. <laughs> so we'll run the scene of these car conversations, man. It's pretty funny. Oh, get out of the car. Oh, my God, look, where's our camping equipment? 
Will, you were supposed to secure everything to the luggage rack. I did. Oh, wait, this ain't the Volvo. <laughs> We'll call for road service. Yeah, great idea, Carlton. You can tell them exactly where we are, too. Somewhere in the dark between a rock and a tree. I'm sorry. You are outside the calling area. Please try your call again. Well, I guess sending for pizza is out. <laughs> All right, now that's it. That's enough. We'll just get back in the car and go for gas in the morning. I'll get in the car. But you just... Get in the car! <laughs> You know, Uncle Phil, now, I haven't been on too many camping trips, but snow is a bad thing, right? Let's look on the bright side, okay? This will give us a perfect opportunity to pull together and show what we're made of. Does Bigfoot have to come down here with a chainsaw before you admit we're in trouble? Okay, okay, we can't stay here. We'll freeze to death. Just get all the stuff out of the back seat, and we'll, we'll go ahead on foot. Get out of the car. But you just... Get out of the damn car! <laughs> Uh, then they have no phone service. Will strapped the luggage to the wrong car, so they have no luggage. To top it off, it starts Whoops. snowing, and then it's like it forces everyone to go get the gas on foot anyways right away. No, no time to to stop. So right. with all those, uh, you know, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, inconveniences, you'll get a laugh out of mm-hmm. the scene. Uh, yeah. In the next scene, we're back at the Banks house with Jeffrey and Hillary watching a movie. I really like this uh Jeffrey gets really real with Hillary saying that he's never seen her before without makeup and in sweats. And they're just like watching a movie together, eating popcorn. It's never, never seen these two like doing something together. So it was really humbling and nice. Right. Um, yeah. Hillary, then uh, she gets off. She's like, well, please, I don't need to hide behind cosmetics and that uh, I'm beautiful just the way I am. But then all of a sudden a knock at the door and it's Trevor calling for Hillary. So she gets up, throws everything she says out the window. She's like, quick, get my hot comb. She starts making herself look pretty. Yeah. Jeffrey, however, man, yeah. he's so into the movie, he doesn't even hear that. He's just like watching. He doesn't care about anything. It's his day off. Leave the yeah, guy he, alone. <laughs> he's so into the movie. He's eating popcorn and he's got like, uh, he's like hugging this pillow, yeah. you know, like as we do sometimes. I'm mad enough to oh, admit I, I hug too. a pillow oh, every yeah. now and then, especially if it's a scary part, you know? <laughs> hey, I like scary movies. I never said don't I scared, don't get yeah. scared, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I you you know you're right. I do like this scene. I do like the dynamic between Jeffrey and um, and uh, Hillary. Jesus Christ! I've only been doing Jesus. this for 31 episodes. Um, I really like it. And and you know what? Like it just reminds me of that episode. Uh, Hillary gets a life where she gets the job as the um, in the kitchen, oh, yeah. uh, running that uh, the bar, bat mitzvah that they had to oh, do. Man. And it just reminds me of that come to Jesus where um, Hillary just goes into the janitor's closet and she closes the door. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. And she doesn't want to talk to uh, Will, doesn't want to talk to Jazz. And then Jeffrey comes and he knocks on the door. And he does such an amazing job of lifting her spirits, you Mm -hmm. know, when she wants to give up on herself. He goes, you're not going to give up, young lady. You're a strong lady, this and that. And she comes out of the closet. I thought it was a really beautiful scene. And so, yeah, man, Jeffrey has raised probably... He's probably... And we're finding out more and more about the bank's timeline as we go along. But to me, it strikes me as 
Jeffrey helped raise this girl from pretty much baby. You know what I mean? Um, and so he does have that kind of relationship with Ashley, having seen her raise from child to uh, to adulthood, you know? Hillary. So, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hillary, exactly. You know what, though? Yeah. I will I like say, that. though, there's that episode where we get to... Uh, they go clean the old neighborhood and we get that flashback. <laughs> Hillary is right. like... I don't know what, 12, 13, and they're still kind of living in poverty. So I'd imagine she actually meets Jeffrey in like her, like going into her teen years. So, yeah. Um, pretty cool that they had a great connection from that age because at that age, kids can be hostile and like not give a shit about you at all. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I'll agree yeah. with that for sure. Uh, so Hillary answers the door. Jeffrey will not get it because he's watching a movie. And uh, so she's got like her her hoodie over her head, like you barely you just see her nose. Um, and Trevor gives her like a plushie and some flowers. Uh, you know, she she kind of opens up, she takes the hoodie off, and then he takes out some wine and tells Hillary to put it on ice. She says, "What are we celebrating?" And he says, "Oh, an empty house." And then we hear the <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> on the far back. He's like, "Woohoo!" And it's just, he's making his presence known. He's just kind of there. He goes to the fridge, gets a juice box. Trevor, Trevor's like, I thought it was your day off. Jeffrey says, correct. <laughs> However, you overlooked one thing. I have no life. And he sips his juice box. <laughs> what a creepy ass line. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So good. Uh, what do you think of this whole thing so far? I mean, it's just kind of like the boys are doing a camping trip. Uh, Vivian and Ashley are at the spa for an eternity, apparently. And... Um, you know, we just have uh, this scenario with Hillary, Jeffrey, and Trevor now. It's interesting. I like the dynamic it's it's showing here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, again, we're going to get to it in a sec. But again, Jazzy Jeff kind of putting his foot down when it comes oh. to Hillary even spending time with another man. Even though it is Trevor who, in my book, tre based on Jazzy Jeff's behavior lately, I would put Trevor as ahead as more of a baby face than, uh, than Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Um, it is nice to have Jazzy Jeff kind of like the guy that chases Hillary the entire fucking series. <laughs> but there are times where I'm like, all right, dude, you need to cool it just a little bit. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, no, I did. I don't have a problem with this. And I did like Jeffrey saying, you know, you miss, you, you know, you underestimated that I don't have a life. I like that yeah. part. <laughs> uh, right after that, another knock on the front door this time. Hillary asked Jeffrey if he can get it. And he just goes, on my day off, you let me? And he gets it. Just the snarkiness. Trevor tells Hillary that uh, he wants to make dinner. He wants her out of the kitchen so that he can surprise her. So she walks out into the living room where Jeffrey is. And, uh, yep. well, actually, Jeffrey comes in with uh, Jazz. He is here. He's and Jeffrey laughs off because Jeffrey knows this. And he just knows that he made the, the right. night a little more interesting. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked about this before, but this is the part where Jazz just kind of insults Hillary. Like, oh, you know what? You've, you're not looking that fly. You should really, you know, get rid of the sweats, put something nice on, maybe do your makeup, maybe fix your hair or whatever. Um, Jesus, it just it was so bad. It came off so rude. Um, yeah, anyway, so here's a something in the kitchen. He finds out Trevor's in the kitchen mm -hmm. and asks what he's doing here. Trevor says, well, I'm cooking dinner. Just says, <laughs> Jazz is like, good. I like my steak medium rare. I got to go freshen up. So like right away, it's like, that's the jazz I like. The one that's like oblivious to everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just whatever he sees is what he gets. So, but it's yeah. like the, the unnecessary rudeness is yeah. what makes it just weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it like that. Well, sure. it's weird to us because we weren't raised that way. 
I would never go into the kitchen and be like, Mom, where's my steak? <laughs> steak? She, she's going to crack a fucking plate over my head. I'll give you a fucking steak. Um, but yeah, no, what did oh, you mean I, by I rude, though? Sorry, I thought that's what you meant, but obviously you meant something else. What did you mean by the rudeness? The kitchen. I mean, you're right. It would be rude to go to the kitchen and be like, oh, I like my steak. Like oh, this. Okay, gotcha. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think he was just kidding, though, so it's okay. But, like, yeah. I remember my friend James, um, we worked at Jazz FM together, uh, which is a local radio station here in Toronto that's all jazz music all the time. 91.1 at Jazz FM. But we used to work there, and... Um, you know, I was younger. I was in my mid-20s. Yeah, I was about 26, 27-ish when I started working there. You know, just greener than shit, just brand new, wet behind the ears, you know. My first time working for a major um, radio station, so I was, like, really, really nervous. Nice. And, uh, you know, James just always made me feel like I belonged there, always treated me as an equal. And, uh, you know, we're great friends, and even today we're still great friends. But um, one of the things that we would do is if he went somewhere for lunch... He would take a picture of his lunch and like send it to me. Like, oh, look what I keep in mind, we're in the same building usually, right? Just in different sections. And sometimes I would take a picture of something ridiculous that I'm eating, like, you know, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, what the fuck is the name of that place? Hero Burger? Is that what it's called? Hero Burger? Hero Burger. You know, I would go to Hero Burger and like I would buy a burger, like fries, and then I would get back to the office and like lay it out on like a plate, like Instagram presentation style with like my drink. <laughs> And I take a picture and send it to him, and he'd be like, "Oh, gee, that's great, Chris, but what are you gonna eat?" Like almost like saying, "Like, bring that's me awesome. my food, bitch." You know what I mean? But <laughs> that's great, Chris, but what are you uh, gonna hero eat? Burger. Here's uh, a so funny story. Kind of, I the kind of reminded you. me of that a little I'll bit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. See, the cave told you everything; it'd be all right. Sorry, I was trying to scare the bears away. Carlton's log. I'm wet. I'm wet and I'm cold. I'm wet and I'm cold and I'm in a cave. Shut up, Carlton. I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up and I'm wet. This is hey, 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 relax. Look, come on. Now we'll uh. We'll build a fire. How are we supposed to build a fire, Uncle Phil? It's snowing outside. All the wood is soaking wet. I won't freeze to death. I don't want to die. I want to go to college and poke fun at all the kids on financial aid. I want to see Karate Kid 17. Carlton, don't panic. Will, you check the cave for dry wood. Man, I ain't walking around in this cave by myself. There's rats and, and bats and bears and stuff all over the place. Me neither, Dad. I think the three of us should just cuddle up close together for the night. I'm gonna go check the cave for some wood. <laughs> I found this bag, Uncle Phil. Well, we can't just burn a bag. Oh, we're helpless. It's over. We're dead. We're rich! What? Hey, back up, back up! <laughs> $25,000. Phil suggests that they uh, turn it over to the authorities, but Will says that he's going to keep it safe. 
And then there's a point where he walks around, Thanks. he looks for a place, I guess, to keep it safe or like to crash. But the cave is so small that he looks ridiculous. Um, then he like kind of pretends to sleep with a rock in his hand, but he keeps eyeing them down. So the money literally consumed the guy. He was like, I'll, I'll kill you guys for this. Like, I'll, I'll bust your head over the rock. And it was, I don't know. It was obviously more for the humor side effect, but Jesus Christ. And then he says, yeah. uh, really random. He's like, oh, I'll be sleeping with the presidents. And this is what uh -huh. Marilyn Monroe must have felt. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Marilyn Monroe. Jesus, beef. the dig. The verbal assault. Was, yeah, really uncalled for. Ah. <sighs> Man, yeah. Leave that was the vicious. dead alone, man. Marilyn Monroe's been dead years, yeah. man. Be it at different horse, you know what I'm saying? In the next scene at the Banks house, Jazz comes down the stairs in a bro. smoking yeah. jacket to a nice crowd reaction. He's looking great. He sits in the middle of Trevor and Hillary, and he eats a piece of meat. Then he asks Trevor, was, how fast were you going when yeah. you hit this? <laughs> I don't know why. Again, like last week when we did this, this popped me. This popped me again. I just think it's a funny line. Um, Trevor then says, excuse me, homie. <laughs> my woman and I are trying to have yeah. an intimate moment. Jazz goes, oh, I get it. You're trying to make me jealous. He says that to Hillary. Then he's like, well, it worked like a charm. He looks at Trevor. He's like, beat it, buddy. And then Trevor, just, he's like, man, how dare you talk to me like that? Do you have any idea who I am? And Jazz is just like a really bad cook. Again, great. This is the Jazz I like where he's just kind of digging and, you know, being sarcastic and all that. Um Jesus. I don't know where I stand with this episode at this point. It's like, there's a lot going, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, we got like two, two arcs going on at the same time. There's a lot going on. It's not like mm -hmm. one arc is bigger than the other. They're just two, yeah. I'd say pretty big ones because you want this, th this thing with Hillary and Trevor to kind of pan out because, you know, this is the first relationship Hillary's had where it's like, I'm, I'm vested in it and I want it to go as far as it can. And I'm also intrigued by the whole money situation in the cave with the boys. So it's like, yeah. You know, at this point, I don't know yeah. where I, I stand with, um, or I don't know where, or what I'm expecting, I guess, from the episode, but I will say up to this point, I was entertained. Have you been entertained so far? Like, is there anything you can nitpick or complain about or anything like that? What happened to your friend? Don't worry about him. What are you watching? Oh, one of those silly sentimental films. Formula stuff. Can I watch with you? Sure, but I have to go home in a few minutes. <laughs> Memories hide the corners of my mind. This Of the smiles we left behind. No, I've been right. entertained. I, I do like Trevor standing up for himself and being like, look, man, I'm just trying to have a, a date night with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? If you don't mind kind of thing. Um, so I do like that part. Trevor, to me, comes across as like a major, major baby face. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because traditionally... Jazzy Jeff is the baby face, and you would paint these doorknobs that Hillary dates as the villains or as the heels. But to see, this is why a little bit's uneven to me. Like, you're not painting Trevor as a goofball. You're painting Trevor as, like, a legit dude who's 
seems like a nice guy. He's got a great career, good looking, blah, 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 blah. Um, and now you're positioning Jazz in front of him. But the only thing right. that Jazz has is just this undying love that he has for Hillary. And so I like when Hillary and Jazz have that sort of their own little moment in the kitchen where she's kind of laying out the lay of the land for him. But uh, just like you said, I think last season, Jazzy Jeff is not painted as one of the sharpest tools in the uh, in the shed. And so I, I completely understand from that standpoint, using the Jazz is kind of a dummy yeah. logic, why you would paint Jazz as... But I like her, and I want to take her off for chicken wings. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. He's got to be the the jazz character. But I do like Trevor standing up for himself. I do like Hillary telling Jazz to, like, fuck off. It's not the first time this has happened already. It's happened with previous boyfriends as well. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm fairly entertained. Like I said, I'd never seen – or I, I said it the last time we recorded. I'd never seen this episode, so to me this episode is brand new. Uh, Boys in the Woods. Um and it's kind of nice. I like the. I like the. What makes this one different than the right. one I reviewed is that at least here we have everything taking place in two distinctly different locations, right? Um, but again, no, 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 Ashley, no Vivian, just collecting a paycheck. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But um, I'd like to see more of those characters. But for they the sake of this episode, they, they, yes, they I'm, I'm up. entertained so far. <laughs> it was their day off. Um, yeah. Hillary pulls Jazz aside, tells no. him, I'm not going to no. let you ruin this. Yeah. Jazz says, lose the stiff. I'll be waiting in the pool house. And then, you know, he walks off. Hillary goes back to Trevor and snuggles with him, and they start singing to a tune coming out of the TV. Uh, and they're bonding. It's nice. And, uh, again, we see Jeffrey, what he's up to. He's just in the back singing along with them under his breath. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you gotta imagine Jeffrey's like I was watching I that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I probably imagine Jeffrey doesn't have a TV in his room. You know what I mean? That's probably like the only TV there. I mean, even though this family is loaded, um, you can tell the mm. way Carl, Carlton, the way Phil and Viv have, have designed this house is very classical, very classical American style mansion where you wouldn't see what TVs in bedrooms. Yeah, but exactly. that's not because they can't afford it. It's just <sighs> they wouldn't go with how their uh, next scene the back in the cave. Right. They are shivering. They cannot start a fire because the wood's all wet. Phil then suggests that they use the money to start start the fire. Will's, you know, he's obviously like, no way. And Phil then goes, do you want to die with $25,000 by your side? Or do you want to live to see another day? Will actually has to think about this. He doesn't respond right away. And then Phil's just like, look, we have no choice. Then Will just asks him for a few minutes to say goodbye to the money. Uh, Needless to say, he's grown attached. Poor little guy. Uh, So we'll insert the rest of the scene. But basically in this scene, Will brings back the bag after he has his moment. And, uh, you know, he has one stack of money. That's it. There was like a bunch of them. Now there's just one. The rest are obviously in his pants. They're just stuffed in there. Um, And then obviously they start the fire. Uh, Will streaks every time Phil throws a a bill. It's a funny scene. And then, um, man, we got a nice talk with the three. uh, With Phil saying that he just wanted to spend time with his boys before they went off to college. So the whole point of this trip that Phil wanted was just, you know, one last little thing they got to, to do together, which was really nice. Uh, he also relates it to himself. He says some of the best memories of his life were camping with his own father. Phil really showing how much his father meant to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, 
you could tell he was a huge impact. And I like this because we have seen his father on the show multiple Mm. times, and it's clear how close they were. So it's nice. Um, And then that gets Will to open up. Will starts telling a story about how he wanted to learn how to skate, uh, roller skate. That's decent, Uncle Phil. I mean, at least you had somebody to teach you stuff, you know? I had to learn everything on my own. I mean, my mom was working all the time and everything. <laughs> like, uh, I wanted to roller skate, but, you know, I didn't even really know how to do it. So I used to put on one skate and push with the other. <laughs> <laughs> Never seemed like I could be fast enough to keep up with the other kids, though. You know, actually, that's how I felt when I came to Bel Air, you know? It's like, everybody had two skates, and I was trying to keep up with one. Um, thanks for my other skate, Uncle Phil. And it's pretty touching because you don't really get this uh, introspect into Will's mind at all. Like, you don't really know how the guy's been feeling since moving here. He just kind of deals with stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just hides and just, you know, he's super confident. He's got a front. He's probably Will has a front that he's, him, just, you know, he's just, you he, know. He can't allow it to yes, show because yes. that's just who he is. Um, but he closes. Oh, oh hell Phil yeah. Because Phil can relate because they're really alike more than they think. Mm-hmm. Phil knows. Phil knows. Remember remember that scene where Phil, Phil says to uh, oh, yeah. Carlton, um, I think there's that during one of the mm-hmm. basketball episodes, he goes to him. Um, you have me, Carlton, but Will, yeah, Will has no, nobody, great, so I need to be his um, cheerleader, and yeah, which I thought like, He closes it by that. saying, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is thanks for being my other skate to, uh, to Uncle Phil. <laughs> Don't cry. Uh, Uncle Phil, he doesn't say anything, but you could tell on his Jesus. face, he's just like, he's moved. He didn't think he yeah. had that impact on him, but he did. Um, and then they ruin this by uh, the next scene. We see Carlton opening up, and he's like, He's trying to tell this. This was so bad. He's telling like a really sad story about him being picked oh, on. Oh God, then, I hated that part. Yeah, you just know because that's that's what Carlton. But you know where it's going. Like it's gonna be something stupid, right? Like to brighten the mood. I get it, but be a little more subtle about it. Right? Write it in a more subtle way. Oh yeah. This was just so awkward. Like you could have ended the the the. You could have ended the episode here. Maybe worded a little, maybe worded a little bit differently. This whole thing, but with no, Carlton we had to go to this forty-five-second monologue from Carlton. But he's opening you know, up. He's like, "Oh, I was being picked on," and then he's like, "I could still hear the taunting. No. Silly rabbits, tricks are for kids." And I guess the only funny part about this is Will and Phil's face are just looking at him like, "You fucking idiot," um, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It was just unneeded. Carlton just been honestly in this season. <laughs> there's, there, I right, don't think right. there's been any serious stories with Carlton. Like he's literally. I mean, besides the whole baby thing where uh, the kid could have been his, which is pretty serious actually. But besides that, it's like Carlton's just there for like comedic support at this point. There's not much they do with him. Um, yeah, and this is another one of those. But anyway, uh, after that bullshit, the next morning the boys wake up in the cave. Carlton wakes up Will, saying yep. that we made it. We made it to the morning. Then Will wakes up Phil. Then Phil gets up frantically. He's like, Vivian, I'm not a machine. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm not a machine. <laughs> Crazy that shit happens in that bedroom. Uh, <laughs> like then, that. Anyway, we'll, we'll 
rest of the scene, we'll, we'll put it here. But uh, they basically get out of the cave. This is crazy. They get out of the cave. They're rushed by a news crew. And the guy, uh, dude's name is Ed Barker. He's from the KCBE uh, Congratulations, or the KCBE radio station. And he says, congratulations, guys, you did it. Then Will's just like, we did? And then uh, Ed asks for their names. And then Will, thinking he's in trouble, he's like, well, I'm innocent, Will. This is my uncle, Phil, the attorney at law. And this is little Carlton. He's still trying to find his way back to the circus. Um, then the guy, uh, Ed is like, well, you found the prize money. And then Will's like, well, <laughs> uncle backdraft made us burn it. Then Ed goes, you burned $50,000. And then Phil goes to Will, you said it was only 25,000. Then Will goes, oh, I must've miscounted. Oh, well, then obviously we get the shot. Right. Will walks away and he's got all the money in his pants. So he's $25,000 richer. And that is the end of the episode. So it ends on a nice little, uh, you know, funny high note. Um, Things like this, uh, my yeah. main concern, not concern, it's just my main hope, I guess, is just I hope that money gets brought up in the next episode or something. Like, I hope it's just not, I don't want $25,000 to randomly disappear is what I'm trying to say. Like, that would be dumb. But that is what happens in these shows. So I hope there's, like, something that they, they mention with the money going forward. But who knows? Um, that, that was the episode. Chris, what do you think of this last little scene here? You know, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, you hope that the money, uh, you know, storyline continues into the next episode. Some things do continue on. You know, they do tend to, you know, obviously, you know, Judge Robertson, that whole storyline is going to continue. Hillary getting a job at the news station, that's going to continue. Hillary dating Trevor, that's going to continue. Um, so there's a lot of things that not- do have a continuity to them. I'm not sure about these but that's twenty-five thousand dollars. Right the mention. Gonna, I want I don't the know mention. If gonna, I don't want. We like, might get a mention an of an episode it, where they do something with we'll the money. See. I, I just want to be like. I don't remember. Oh, it really helped those twenty-five thousand. Now you could go to college. Just that. That'd be great for me. I just don't want the money to be like. Oh well. Yeah. I don't know. And then I don't want to hear shit about how they're poor. After, sure. <laughs> what sure. The fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because as soon as that. A news fucking news team shows up outside of the cave. You yeah, can kind of yeah, tell, like, all right, this is leading to this was all, you know, that money was put there. On, <laughs> something's gonna happen, and it was that. It was like the money was put there on purpose for somebody to find it. All so, right. uh, um, final thoughts. Trivia that was kind of funny. Yeah, I like that. As Chris calls it. Um, so obviously, this is said before, but Vivian and Ashley are absent from this episode. Probably the first time I'd, I'd be willing to bet that two two these two characters are just not at all in it um because even when they're barely in it they're still in it for a scene here it's like they're literally just mentioned so interesting yeah uh from episode six to ten this is the only one not to feature or mention judge robertson yeah. and have any relation to phil's campaign so next week when we do podcast fresh fresh prince of bel-air it will be the closing arc to the robertson and phil feud mm-hmm. i think since this is episode eight um <clears throat> which this was nice. This was a nice little uh, break. I needed a break from mm-hmm. all that. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This episode's title is a pun on the 1991 film Boys in the yeah. Hood, starring Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr., and Ice Cube. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah, it's top 10 easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Wow, really? It's I watch that like once time. a year. Oh, yeah, it's okay. one of those. Cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Although... Do you? Oh, okay. 
I definitely enjoyed that movie, uh, but I saw it later in life. Like I saw it, I think in my late twenties, which is about almost ten years ago. So uh, just recently, actually. But I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. It was a good one. And it's a very simple movie. Like if, if you were to break down the story to somebody, it's like, well, the, it's kind of like these um, things happen in the neighborhood. It's two and different genres. Obviously, you don't want to ruin Friday. it, but like something happens uh, and the boys have to deal with it. It's just a day. It's, it's, a, it's a day in the hood. You know what I mean? Obviously, the tones are completely different, but that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's yeah. that. Carlton makes a reference to Tricks the Rabbit. Yep. Uh, sorry, I'm going to read that again. Carlton makes a reference to the Tricks Rabbit commercials and the Karate Kid movie series in this episode. That is true. Yep. Will Carlton and Philip burning money to stay warm is a reference to Pablo Escobar when he burnt $2 million to keep his daughter warm. And I mentioned how that was crazy last week, but you informed me that this is um, a well-known fact, but it is unproven whether or not this actually happened, which is pretty pretty cool still. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a fact. It is uh, uh, one of these legends that gets told. And there's people that said that it happened. And then there's some people that says it, it was embellished a little bit. It wasn't quite a million. I forget what the price. I forget what the <laughs> amount of money was. But, I mean, it would make sense to burn paper to keep your family warm. And this is, um, this is forever imprinted in uh, TV and okay. the television show Narcos. I believe it happens toward the end of season one maybe season two but this is kind of when shit is hitting the fan like the 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 authorities are really hot on uh pablo escobar's trail and so they go after him and uh the family ends up somewhere i forget if it's like an abandoned building or a cave and um pablo's there his wife his kid his mother-in-law like they're all there and i think a couple of his bodyguards and the kids are like freezing <laughs> <coughs> excuse me <coughs> excuse me i'll delete that <clears throat> um and so pablo has to light a fire in order to keep his family uh safe so to speak so or warm excuse me so there you go it's interesting because that's that's it's funny that you mentioned that because that, that's what i thought mm. of but i didn't think it was a direct right. uh reference to which and makes it very interesting Chris, and that's why we do the show the episode, brother and then tell me what you thought of the episode Zinger, the episode, we touched on it a little bit. Good night, Abe. <laughs> night, Alexander. I can't forget you, Ben. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sleeping with the president. <laughs> Must be what Marilyn Monroe felt like. <laughs> Jesus. We're attacking a person that's passed away decades ago in 1992. Um, right. Eh, I didn't quite like that line, but but it, it made an impact on me. So obviously it's in there. Um, and the one that I liked was uh, Trevor <laughs> going to Jazz. How dare you? Do you have any idea who I am? And Jazz is like, a really bad cook, <laughs> which is like yeah. Jazz was kind of grasping for straws here, but he kind of goes for the little uh, juvenile dig there. So the Monroe line is the winner, and the Jazzy and what Jazz are your final uh, line thoughts is on the, the runner-up. Final thoughts on the episode. I really, when I look back at this episode, the only part I'm really going to remember about this show is the last scene around the campfire, that moment between Will and his uncle and then... <laughs> Carlton showing up there by surprise because when the camera pans out Carlton not that you didn't think Carlton was there but you'd figure maybe Carlton went to bed or something but uh, all three of them were there 
Um, I thought that there's some really, really good dialogue between Phil and Will. I thought the stuff between Trevor and uh, Jesse Jeff was okay. Um, and that whole thing with uh, with Hillary and, uh, you know, Jeffrey kind of just holding it down at the bank's mansion for the weekend. Um, so I thought that was fine, too. In terms of funnies, it was a funny enough episode. There wasn't anything that I was, you know, ridiculously, like, rolling in the aisles because it was so funny. But I did like, you know, the news team showing up at the end and letting these buffoons know that they'd won um, some kind of contest with this hidden money. Mm. I also like the scene of, you know, Phil with his white knuckles, you know, just driving the car and then making his way through the storm after, <laughs> number one, they packed the wrong car. Number two, they had unloaded the fucking rain gear. So a couple little things <coughs> were fine. Jazzy Jeff was borderline, just a little bit annoying for my liking, but um, it's fine. I, I understand. At least you're keeping it everything even. He's still chasing Hillary, hopelessly, but he's still chasing Hillary. So um, I'm gonna give this episode a uh, a six out of ten. Uh, again, there's nothing wrong with the episode. I like the last scene, um, but it just didn't feel like a one of my favorite episodes. It's missing Ashley. It's missing. Uh, and Viv, Janet Hubert. So um, it's missing a couple pieces for me. So I'm going to give it a, a nice, a nice solid six. That's not a shot at anything in the episode. I thought Do it was a what good episode. I gave the episode. Um, but six out of time? ten for me, Ryan. Uh, for me, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I, I, I'll applaud it for the fact that we get to go on a camping trip and it's just a whole different scenario. Um, and even though we're put in this like crazy thing where they find a bag of money and it's like a game show or whatever, we still get that really important dialogue between Will and Phil. And that is like what you watch this show for yeah. pretty much. That's the golden nugget. Uh, so I appreciate that so much. Um, that's that's the gold nugget. The right bad there, stuff yeah. of this episode is what drags it down from being any higher than a seven. I mean, I think I'd really I'd give it a six and be there with you, but I'll give it a seven. Um, it's just you know, jazz. Yeah, Dang. really annoying. I understand though. If he if he wasn't there, then it's like, what do you do with Jeffrey and Hillary or uh, Trevor and Hillary? I mean, they're just gonna have a really good day. No, no, something needs to interrupt that, and it has to be this jazz. I just again, jazz. The the character of jazz just needs a, a reset, a rehaul back to when he was really lovable in like episode two of season one because it's like you know these days it's like man he's, he's just a heel uh but anyway he he was you know that's a negative i think the other negative really is um the fact that at the end carlton just had to say that stupid shit for 45 seconds it really oh man it ruined the what they had going just for like a stupid tricks are laugh. for kids um I, w- I would have cut that out uh, entirely because it's like, you know what? Carlton is supposed to be the smart guy, the scholar, the the preppy, the good guy. But then he says this shit and Will and Phil are on the same wavelength. They look at him like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like, you look like a dumbass. That is the thing that doesn't make sense. It's like Carlton looks up to his dad as his mm-hmm. hero. He's made that clear. Why are you not? as like you know why are you not like him more than than will why is will more in tune with phil than you are if you know you know you know what i'm trying to say it's like carlton needs to be more mature i guess is what i'm trying to say like why would you bust that out yeah it made yeah, no yeah. sense and like for the carlton character i know he's known to make some dumb decisions and he's dumb in his own right when it comes to like street smarts 
that was just really not any kind of smart that was just unnecessary and it was a cheap attempt at a cheap laugh which i don't know maybe it hit maybe it didn't i don't know but that's what hinders the episode for me so seven out of ten could have been better uh, if they fixed a couple things but i think it's just it gets a, a high seven just because for one that monologue or that dialogue and for two i like that there's a break between the roberts and stuff because it was getting pretty intense uh two episodes straight it's like this guy is a lot to take in so i appreciate this uh, but next week we got work to do to wrap that up so judge robertson's one of those guys that uh exactly you like him at a, at the party but it's like you like him in small doses you know you don't want exactly hit hit up the mickey d's with this guy <laughs> afterwards it's like nah dude i'm just gonna go that. home but then you see him in the drive through anyway because he also wants the mickey d's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As far as what you said about Jazz, I'm about Jazz. About Carlton, I completely agree. Like, he's a super know, smart yeah. guy. To be fair to him, though, he always says really stupid shit like this, so it's kind of par for the course. But I will agree with you uh, because I had the same thought. It's like, uh, that, you know, trickster for kids thing, that was just... I get it. I get why it was written because it's, it's meant to yeah. lighten the mood. It's meant to lighten the seriousness of the show. This is a fucking sitcom at the end of the day. Uh, but um, I really feel like you could have just let that dialogue continue and it's okay you don't need to have a ha-ha thing at the you could have yeah, done exactly. it at the end maybe not the trickster for kids but find a different way and you you did have it at the end with the news crew coming down and all that bullshit and will walking away he's got money like you know in his trousers but uh um, could have just been yeah, like it's just carlton being carlton and you know, yeah it didn't really fit in back that to scene will then you could have been like let's just go to bed let's try to get some sleep and there you have it that would have been your your, your yeah. ending there but whatever anyway they make questionable choices. Anyway, we'll be right back to close the show after some uh, I agree. midlife crisis by Faith. No I more. agree. Mm.
Um, so once again, thank you, everybody, for downloading this show. We'll throw the plugs here. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, we're at Podcast Fresh. Twitter, we're at Podcast Fresh T.O. Um, if you want to visit our main hub, go to the Instagram page. If you want to follow our musings, go to Twitter. I was live tweeting uh, Saturday during UFC, Sunday during uh, the Impact uh, pay-per-view. And then last night, I kind of went ham on the uh, Monday Night Raw show. I, just, I had a lot to say there. So yes, check that uh, out if that's your thing. Next week, we got two fresh new episodes, A Night at the Oprah. And I will tackle the one with the Oprah Show personnel. Contact <laughs> Philip Banks to appear on the show with his family. The Banks traveled to Chicago. Hey, yay. And Will is ecstatic. Unfortunately, he is not invited to be a part of the show. And then Ryan takes on Asses to Ashes, where we will get the final battle between Judge Robertson and Phil Banks. And we will see if Phil can get appointed judge or if Judge Robertson will hold on to the strap. Um, so, yeah, two interesting episodes I'm to coming up uh, 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 next Oprah, week. Any thoughts on, uh, on those ago. episodes, uh, right? So I want to see what that's like again. Uh, and then, yeah, Asses to Ashes is the conclusion of this uh, Robertson versus yeah. uh, Banks storyline. So <laughs> we're excited to wrap this up and move the hell on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you everybody for downloading. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Send us an email. Let us know where you're coming from and or where you're listening from, and uh, we'll read it on here. Maybe we'll start reading some emails on the show. Thank you again for the support. To catch all our other shows, uh, Podcast Fresh Cafe drops on Thursdays, and uh, we're working on some other stuff as well. So stay tuned. Uh, but right now, it is time for Ryan, having just beaten his uh, last game. It is time for him to go back into the hat. And we were going to find out where Ryan is going to sink a next chunk of his time oh into. So, boy. Ryan, I'll do a little drum roll. Uh, go so right ahead. This is funny. Paper Mario, the thousand-year door. Um, yeah, I had, I had two Paper Marios in here. That was the second one that went on the what? GameCube. Tell us about that game. Uh, that is like the magnum opus of the series. That is like the one that like people love, talk highly about, and it was like it set the bar way too fucking high. Um, I put this in here because I knew it, there was the only way I'd finish it. I'm actually like on the last chapter of that game. Like I'm really like close to the end, so I'll probably beat it within like three days. But um, I'm gonna pick another game just because that's not gonna be enough to hold me over. I know this, so I'm gonna wrap that one up nice. and I'll report back. But I'm gonna pick another game. All right, here we go. We're going back in. What have we got here? Oh snap! Here we go. Metal Gear Solid Two. Ooh. Oh Jesus. That's it. That is my next. Whoa! Stop. I'm going back into that. Very world. good, very good. You will Sweet. like that one. <clears throat> Metal you got Gear like two. two hours to That's go, awesome. dude. Max. <laughs> I gotta beat Solid so I can join you and play that one again. That's a fun one. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm right at Rex. I just have to like find the key card that fell in the fucking water. Yeah, basically. Uh, go back out there but yeah we'll see that's awesome you'll enjoy that game um, I would not read okay. too much into the game because there are, you could spoil just it for go. yourself there are some good surprises in there I would just put the CD in and just start playing don't worry about anything and hopefully you don't have to pop up in a walkthrough but you might have to okay. but just try to avoid the spoilers because there are some 
uh, interesting it's surprises like in that game. And it's something. not a long game. Again, it's another one you can beat in like a weekend. Yeah. yeah. Really fun, though. That's awesome. Cool. Something like that. Yeah, it's not terribly long, but it's fun. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Folks, we're out of here. Thank you for downloading this puppy. We'll see you guys again in a couple days on the podcast Fresh Cafe. Podcast Fresh.